Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Forever. Welcome, 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 everybody. What did we say the opening was again? What did we say the opening was? Andrew, what did I say the opening was? Uh, <laughs> you don't I, remember. I don't. I think last week I had oh. my hands full with the music. Yeah, you had your hands full with the music. That's right. I forgot about that. I don't know what the big deal is. You only had a guy from REM in studio. Um. Hey everybody, welcome to the best show. That's the new opening. Hey everybody. How are y'all doing tonight? Welcome to another exciting episode of The Best Show and my name is Tom. I'm the host of the show and we have a good episode for you tonight. No. We have a great episode for you tonight. We are going to talk all about Hollywood. That's right. And it's very timely because there is a writer strike happening right now. And I will talk about that in due time. But tonight, showbiz stories and uh with with a with a uh, a tilt toward auditions. I want to hear people talk about auditions, bad auditions. Uh the numbers 201. Nine eight nine zero zero one two. You want to be a part of it, and we're going to have two amazing guests tonight. Paul Shear, longtime friend of the best show, one of my favorite people. We're also going to talk about celebrity encounters, anything, and Yvonne Zima, my friend Yvonne Zima, another new friend of the show, yet to be on best show. One of my friends, very exciting. We're going to talk to Yvonne. We're going to talk to Paul, all about all the stuff, and we're going to talk to you. The best show listener, if you want to uh, get in on the action again, like I said, 201-989-0012. When we get back from the break, I will reveal the winners of the eyelids, uh, 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 the drawing we did last week for people who were kind enough to donate to the Transgender Law Center as a part of last week's show. We did a drawing of everybody who donated $5 or more, and they're going to get these eyelids autograph with Peter Buck records sent to them. And we'll say that after the intro. And speaking of the intro, let's start the best show.
Everybody, welcome back to the best show here on a Tuesday night in May of 2023. How about that? The year is one third over. How about that? 2023 is one third of it is in the books. You like that? I don't. I got a lot of things I got to do. And I'm already, I got to get to the. 2023 is supposed to be a big year. A third of it's gone already? What? That happens. We just heard from Kurt Vile, our friend Kurt Vile, Dust Bunnies from Believe I'm Going Down. What a great album. What a great guy. Kurt stuff. To come, hang tight, people. If you're excited about OKV and TS, hang tight. The phone number, 201-989-0012. You want to get in on the action. Let's take care of some business at the top of the show. Last week, we did an exciting drawing. Uh, People gave money to the uh, Transgender Law Center. In honor of um, Eyelids, the band Eyelids being in studio, they signed a bunch of stuff. Um, we ended up making over a thousand bucks for everybody. So, uh, congratulations and thank you for all the generosity uh, uh, from the Best Show listeners' behalf. It's very, very thoughtful to support the Transgender Law Center. Uh, and we've got four eyelids prize packs to give out. They include records signed by eyelids and Peter Buck. And the winners are winner number one, DDD. D. Winner number two, Tim. K. Winner number three, Ed S. And winner number four, Todd with one D, M. DD, Tim, Ed S, Ed, Ed S, and Todd M. I don't want to give people's last names out just in case they ain't looking for that. But thank you to everybody who gave to the to the to the uh, cause. We appreciate it, and it caps off a very fun show. Last week was a fun show to have eyelids in studio, Peter Buck in studio. Yes, we argued about whether the Fallout uh, record slates is an EP or uh, an LP. I know people are saying, "Oh, well, was it Paul Hanley from from the Fall himself?" Said that it was a LP. It's a 10 inch. A 10 inch is an EP. 10 inch is an EP. Sorry. Sorry, Paul. You got to override you on that. Uh, even though you were in the band, I say EP. Peter Buck said LP. Well, the guy from The Fall and Peter Buck said LP. So maybe I'm wrong. So 
Another thing to tell everybody, thank you. Uh, tonight's episode of The Best Show is also being simulcast over on Paul Shear's Twitch channel, Friendzone. So welcome to all of our Friendzone friends who are joining The Best Show tonight. And thank you to Molly over at uh, Friendzone for making this happen. Uh, we appreciate it. And you can give them a throw them a subscribe over at twitch.tv slash friendzone. Now... It might be time for me to bring together the four horsemen. Do we have AP Mike? Mike, are you here? We do. Oh, How we are you doing? Fast. We do. How you doing? What, what about an intro of Horsemen Assemble? I like that. Can somebody work that up? Horsemen Assemble. I'll even record it right now. Horsemen Assemble! It's almost like Mike has been watching Marvel movies. Yeah, my God, it's just <laughs> seeping out of everything. So we got AP Mike. Do we have Pat Byrne? Pat Byrne, are you here? Present. Bam! Pat Byrne. And do we have Jason Dudio Gore? Now oh, you know I'm here. <laughs> The funny thing is, Tom, over Zoom, we can't really hear what our sweepers are. What's that? Over Zoom, we can't really hear what you're playing when our names are. Oh, I know, are, so I know. You could literally do anything, and it's a dangerous situation. It is. Well, Jason, I'm going to play your intro. Let me reintroduce you. We oh, have Jesus. Jason Gore. Welcome. I love that. Can you hear it? I can't hear that. Yeah, nope. very lightly. That's right. It's the music. It's the instrumental track from Jake Paul's hit song, It's Every Day, Bro. Because <laughs> oh, before he was a boxer, before he was my favorite boxer, yeah. he was my favorite musical act. What do we got going on tonight? We got... Uh, look, if this stupid basketball game goes sideways, I'm flipping this table, saying that right off the bat. This will not be a three-hour episode of The Best Show if the Knicks <laughs> eat it tonight. And there will be a uh, few podcasts on the network might have some trouble recording for the next week because the studio will get smashed up. And uh, crumble it to pieces. Um, no. Jason, Pat, yeah. Mike, welcome. Welcome to Best Show. The four horsemen have assembled. <laughs> now, Mike, Yeah, what's going on? I was going to ask you, Tom. Uh, what's going on in the classical music world? <laughs> I know where this is going. Oh, my God. Um, oh, um, in the classical music world, I don't know. Why? Is there any news, any events take place at any concerts? Yeah, apparently Tchaikovsky's fifth inspired a full, <laughs> a full body orgasm. There was a story that someone was seeing the L.A. Symphony 
perform, and then somebody had a, an incident. One of the people uh, at the at the where it was in it was in L.A. and they had an incident that they they were uh, it was a, they were enraptured by the music. I guess is a polite way to say it. Yeah, they had an eargasm. As Smokey Robinson might say, have you heard his new record? <laughs> oh, I've, I've only seen the marketing for it, and it terrifies me. Smokey uh, Robinson Tom. has a record called Gasm out yes. now. Gasms, let's be. Gasms. Gasms. Oh, more, more, we're talking about more than one gasm. There's a apologies, lot of gasms. Apologies yeah. At least 12 Robinson. gasms on this, uh, on this record. Yeah, apologies. You got eye gasms, you got ear gasms, and you have mind gasms. Yeah. You I do. think this woman at the classical concert, unless it's a total gimmick to get people to listen to more classical music, which it could be. I don't rule that out. It could be a part of the classical music lobby. They are very strong and they have a lot of sway over oh, <laughs> in this country. Um, so, yeah, you mindgasm heard. only. What's yeah, I think this was a mindgasm. Was a mind mindgasm only happens at a Chris Angel show. Yeah, there we go. By all means, let's keep using the phrase gasm over and over. So Tom, I, I just want to say I, a little bit behind the scenes here. Yeah, what's About that? 2 p.m., I uh, text Mike, hey, you need to bring up Smokey Robinson's new album, Gasms. <laughs> oh, so and then Mike quickly texts back, oh, that'll go great with the uh, classical music story. Perfect. <laughs> That's great. So was, we got some real uh, parallel thinking going on. <laughs> There, and, and a real, I, I real mind to, meld happening. I listen to the record. I mean, Smokey Robinson's voice is phenomenal for an eighty-three-year-old yeah. man. Yeah, I mean, this is this probably the smuttiest record he's ever put mm -hmm. out, and he's eighty-three years old. Well, I, kudos, kudos to him. Kudos. Just to wait for his hundred. <laughs> Just wait till oh, he's, he's a hundred. So nasty at a hundred. Wait till he's a hundred. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, uh, he's getting the final two songs. I'll just give you the titles. You fill me up. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mm -hmm. fit in there. Cool. So this guy. <laughs> yeah, look, more power to him. Smokey Robinson going strong. Uh, age is just a number. Yeah. Right, Mike? Right, Pat? Well, I guess Viagra probably helps. I. I, I think by I think by by the title I fit in there. He's actually at eighty three. He's reminding himself how this works. It's about parking, guys. It's not it's not about sex. Well, you may be onto something there, Jason. One of the lines in I fit in there is if empty fills up your private place, and nothing and no one can penetrate. If you've got an inner vacancy, baby, then make it a place for me. <laughs> I'm watching the camera right yeah. now and I'm yeah, just I'm just ready for Tom to like stand up <laughs> yeah. and walk out. But now I also no. see uh, Smokey Robinson's gasms beautiful. Uh, fading There's in. There's a beautiful, beautiful picture of nice. Smokey Robinson who looks <laughs> well stunning. Done, can we can we talk about that dissolve? Thank you, uh Brett. Wow. Look, I give this guy credit. This Smokey Robinson. Good good for him. Do I wanna know about this stuff? <laughs> Not necessarily. Would it be a Would I have been perfectly fine if Smokey kept this between himself and uh, and the people he shares his life with? Yeah, I probably yeah. would have preferred that. Just like a gift album that he just hands out to friends. Exactly. But he's doing it publicly. Good for him. Good for you, Smokey. 
Good for you, Smokey Robinson. I'm going to, uh, we're going to actually do a broadcast live from the Hustler Superstore. We have Smokey <laughs> Robinson will be on the show and, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's really great. And, then, uh, uh-huh. it'll be a real fun night. Uh, People yelling Baba Booey. And the thing is, Smokey Robinson will be, he doesn't know we're doing it. We'll just, he'll be at the Hustler Superstore. We'll just ask him <laughs> to like, sit down. We'll Was say, it supposed to be here? Yeah. yeah. What do you um, think the conversation with the uh, record label was, though? Um, I think he I think went it in. Was, how would you like to make a lot of press and money? Yeah. Smokey went in and said, yeah, I'm having some uh, trouble making some payments. I uh, don't know what to do. And then somebody said, what if, how old are you again, Smokey? He's like, I'm going to be 83 soon. What if you make the filthiest record uh, imaginable? How about that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that you want to you wanna make those uh, boat payments? <laughs> yeah, you want to have no, no problem God, making those boat payments? In the Smokey. Yeah. Now... Someone in the chat, uh, M2Ms, uh, says Gasm Chasm is the new Patreon deep dive into the career of Smokey. Gasm what? Gasm. Am I saying it right? Chasm? chasm? Ga- yeah. Mike, chasm. can you believe this yeah. guy? Chasm. Mike, chasm. I said it right. Chas- what did chasm. I say? Chasm. Chasm. It's you said chasm. chasm. Oh, you right. said chasm. Right. Not in, not in Rooster's Creek, man. No, no. Look, this is like, you come down. We'll teach you how to talk. Pat, can you believe this guy? Chasm. He said chasm. Is that how they do it over? Maybe that's how they do it on the Hawk. Not how well, we do it on the best show. Not how we do it on the best show. Egg foo what? Egg <laughs> foo what? They say chasm. Best show chasm. Maybe on the Hawk they say chasm. Oh, I have nothing I could do with about we that. Do. There's nothing. You know, we we're just being us. Yeah, look, you're just being guys. You're yeah. just being guys. guys you're being guys. You're worried about rainbow B sides. I'm worried about <laughs> how you say words correctly. It's two yeah. different yeah, two well, different roads you know. to go down. Um yeah. so Mike. Yeah. You saw John Wick four. I did. Pat. I did. You yeah. saw John Wick four. Jason, oh, yeah. you have not seen John Wick four, I'm assuming. No, I haven't seen it yet. I Me saw too. John Wick four. On a scale of one to ten, let's all say on on the count of three, let's say our one to ten uh, rating for John Wick Chapter Four. You ready? Are we rating this? Wait, are we rating this as like ten as as like greatness of it being a movie as part of the cinema, or greatest of the John Wick series? How did it make you feel? How did it make you feel? You ready? One, two, three. Ten. Six. Seven. I haven't seen it yet. I just want to say one thing to the audience. Mike said a six. I did hear that. It was very loud. <laughs> six. Six, yeah. I just want to Too say. Long. Too, Too long. Too long. Wait, would you have somewhere to be? <laughs> yeah, I did. You had a bus to catch? <laughs> <laughs> What's a rush? A sandwich the, to eat. Yeah, hang on the movie a sandwich theater. To eat. Yeah, a sandwich <laughs> to eat. Sneak it in. Sneak it in. Put in your uh-huh. put in your coat pocket. It went through two meals. <laughs> but, yeah. I just want to say this. John Wick chapter four. 
maybe the best action movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I don't know what movie would be better. What would be better? Uh-huh. Name a better action movie, Mike. And I don't want to say, better don't say source movie. Wages of Fear. He's going to say, oh, Wages I of Fear know. is a better action movie. Raiders of the Lost Ark is an action movie, right? Raiders of the Lost Ark is an action movie, yes. It's the best thing I ever saw, John Wick uh, Chapter 4. First of all, it's a, basically a, a comedy. It's a comedy. Yeah, it is a comedy. It's a silent film for most of the, He says 380 words through the entire movie. It's, it's two hours and <laughs> yes. 40 minutes long. John Wick says 380 words. Yeah. And Did you count them as, you, as it went along? I started to count There was a counter them. on the bottom of the screen. There was, oh, Jason, good. yeah. There's a yeah. counter, a little guy. There's a guy clicking in the corner with a little... How many flights of stairs did he fall down? Many. He fell down 200-something stairs. There's a fight. You know what I wanted? What's that, Pat? Or go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, up, please. there's a fight yeah. on this huge staircase, which apparently is some famous French staircase. I thought it was a staircase that Joker was dancing all over, but it's not. <laughs> that apparently See, wait, is this is what I was about to say. What's I was that, waiting man? for him to be the final boss. At the end of that scene, I was waiting for the Joker mm-hmm. to show up and just mm-hmm. take on Wick one-on-one. That would not be much Didn't of a happen. fight. Yeah, that's done quick. It, um... But I was, it could have been missed opportunity of John Wick people. There's should a, have been the Joker. Should have been the, could have been the Joker. There's a fight on the staircase that I think was 40 minutes long. That was <laughs> really one of the best things I've ever uh-huh. seen. It, it is not an action movie, even ultimately. It is a comedy. Who knew that Keanu Reeves was one of our greatest silent film stars? Yeah, Buster Keaton. He's Buster Keaton. He's like Buster Took Keaton. the words out of my mouth. Yes. He's Buster <laughs> Keaton with a machete. Do you guys think he's a little bit like Buster Keaton? <laughs> Do I think John that Keanu Reeves is a little bit like Buster Keaton? Yeah. Has anyone said that? I will say this. Ask me the question again, please. Do you think that Keanu Reeves is a lot like Buster Keaton? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. There are points I was waiting. when he says those lines. Yeah. And they're so sparing when suddenly he goes, Okay. Everyone laughed in the theater because it was, yeah. it would, because he's getting everything out of one word. Yeah. With the guns, right? That scene. Yeah. He goes, Yeah. And that was the funniest line. Yeah. Yeah. He also said his friend's name a lot. Kane. 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 He said that a lot. Do we need to do Night of a Thousand Keanu's? Okay. Yeah. Sure. I'm thinking <laughs> I am. Was it ever explained that his suit prevents him from? Uh, yes, yes, it was. It was explained it was. That, it's a, that it's. Oh, that it, Mike, it's a part so of the law. He can fall lore. on hard surfaces and he, not be affected. He's got a suit. The things this suit can do. They're going to do <laughs> John Wick Five. Over his face. That's why he puts <laughs> it over his face. John Wick Five is just going to be the suit. 
Keanu Reeves isn't going to be in it. Also, also anyone, anyone should 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 note that uh, this film really explores how many 1970s muscle cars are available in Paris, France. There's a there's, there's, a, there's a fair amount. Just, there's a fair amount of Trans Ams and Camaros. Yeah, uh, just in perfect the condition, just available. And that. And that country is known for for big muscle cars. France, if Paris is known for anything, it's it's the city of lights and muscle cars. Yeah, very wide streets. It's the best. Yeah, all I want to say, it's the best. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Go ahead. What's that now? I was just going to ask you. I mean, especially since watching the fourth one now, how bad is John Wick's sciatica now? How bad you think is it's a bro? constant thing? We can't hmm. answer that because you got to watch it. Yeah, I, I got to. Does it address that. the sciatica? They address his sciatica. Uh, yeah, you got to see it to believe it, Jason. All right. Well, I, that, now I'm very invested. <clears throat> yeah, it's pretty impressive. They <clears throat> address his sciatica. He has a heating pad. He goes to oh. physical therapy. <laughs> he tries acupuncture for a stretch. Yeah. He does some pretty good stretching. He has some warm-up stretching exercises he does. That's yeah. why the movie's so long. 40, yeah, yeah. The first you, you 40 minutes is that. him limbering up. <laughs> slip disc. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking I might have a slip disc. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking it might be. Yeah. It might be, uh, what do they call the the discs? Like 5, C5, C6? L- L1, oh. S5. I'm thinking it might be L2. <laughs> upper back um lumbar support he might have a lumbar support in that camaro that he's driving around paris with again i speak for everyone on the best show when i say movie of the year john wick chapter four we all give it 10 10 out of 10 um one thing i do want to mention what's that pat Oh no! Just for any since this is a live radio show for anyone just joining us, you know uh, the guy I was waiting for to show up at the the stairs was also uh, the Joker. Yes, yes, you said it already. You said that already. We already went over that, <laughs> Pat. But that was like, look, he wanted to make sure it landed. Okay, could have been the joke. Could have been the. Uh, uh, See everybody everybody later. I just want to say this. I'm going to move on a little bit. I do want to say four horsemen stand down and stand by. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) Mike's favorite thing. (laughs) We literally were texting this week. Mike's like, this is my favorite part of the show is when you say that. (laughs) I'm like, I can't stop laughing at it. Horsemen stand down and stand by. All right. I think it's uh, stand back, stand back, and stand by. Well, I say stand down. Let's let's change it every week. Oh, let's change what it. What if every that's week. your intro, Tom? It's fun. What if, what if that's your new intro? Like all to all other podcasts. Horsemen unite. We'll say horsemen down. unite, and then I'll say horsemen stand down and stand by. Oh God, I don't like this. <laughs> All right, so let's see what we got. The phone number 201-989-0012. Boop, 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 beep, boop, beep. 
What's going on, everybody? There's, uh, of course, there's the Patreon for the best show is happening. Best show Patreon is patreon.com slash the best show. And I'm I'm reading this myself this week, right? Yeah, I didn't record it. That's fine. I just I wanted to just make sure. I could do it live. No, that's okay. I, I got some it. Music I got behind it. I got you it. Want me to, I got I it. it okay, all right. I got. Thank you, though. Thank you. This week is going to be Ask Tom, a new episode of Ask Tom, and fresh questions. Send them in over at the Patreon. Now you send your questions in. I'll answer your questions on the Patreon. Uh, you send them in. I'll do it. We're gonna. I'm gonna record it tomorrow. So get your questions in. And if we don't get to them that way, I'll do more. I'm doing Ask Tom all the time. Then we got Make Mike Marvel is gonna be on the latest episode. And what what is on this episode of Make Mike Marvel? Thor. The Avengers. The Avengers. You're up to the Avengers already. And as a teaser, I did Marvel. Okay. As a teaser. Um, that's this uh, this Sunday. Every Sunday, new Patreon content goes up. New best show bonus stuff that you can only get over at patreon.com slash the best show. We've got also coming up uh, on, we got another S&W Q&A. That's the Sharpling and Worcester question and answer with Make Mike Marvel. And then on May 21st, the, the that, that's Ahoy number three goes up. How about that? Look at this schedule. And another Make Mike Marvel. And other things are going to start popping up. Then there's a Rubenesque right around the corner. Another Four Horsemen episode, which the, the one with talking about toilets and public bathrooms. It's the... The podcast of the year, some people are calling it. And again, you can only hear it over at the Patreon. Patreon.com slash the best show. And I'm still getting questions left and right about, are we going to bring Meet My Friends of Friends? Meet My Friends of Friends is coming back, people. Hang yeah. tight. Keep your, keep, your, keep your drawers on, everybody. Keep your britches on. Keep your britches on. Yeah, let's go to the, uh, let me just check one thing. Boop, ba doop, boop, boop. Beep, ba beep, beep, beep. Oh, I'm telling you. If the Knicks freaking lose this game, I'm out of here. And they're going to lose it. They're going to lose this one. I know it. Because they were born to lose. You're a Knicks fan, you're born to lose. I'm a loser. They're losers. We're all losers. It's my fate. Do I get to be a Golden State Warrior? No, I don't. Do I get to be a Los Angeles Laker? No, I don't. I don't know what that tastes like, victory. I don't know. The only victory I know comes, the, the victory I get from doing the best show. Sometimes, this is what it's like when I watch these games. I watch a Knicks game and they lose in the playoffs. My mind immediately goes to, all these people cheering for the other team. Who cares? You sheep live your life through sports, the opiate for the masses, and you're, I'm living real life. I live my life for real, 
and I try to get real wins in my life. You people, do you just watch your sports and let that be that. And then the Knicks win, and I'm just like, yay! And all that stuff goes out the window. It's sour grapes is what it comes down to. It's basically sour grapes. When they win, I'm happy. When they lose, I condemn everything. That's how it goes, baby. Um, hold the door. Hold the door. Where are we? Where'd you go? Where'd you go, little website? Oh, I see where it is. Close this. I don't want to look at no basketball during the show. No basketball. I don't want to know what happens. This is my basketball court. This game. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's go. Let's go to the phones. 201-989-0012. We got some hot phones, hot phones, busy, busy, busy phones tonight. Hello, Besha. Hello, is this Mr. Sharpling? It is. To whom am I this speaking? This is uh, Mike from Minneapolis, otherwise known as Mushroom Mike. Mushroom Mike. How's it going, Mushroom Mike? It's going fine, sir. What's going on tonight? You're <laughs> one of the biggest laughers. People who know the show know you love to laugh. This guy loves to laugh. <laughs> well, I just find you highly amusing, as well, do it's very many sweet. people. It's very sweet of you. I appreciate it. What's going on tonight, <laughs> Mike Mushroom Mike? Okay, first, 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 <laughs> well, it is almost mushroom season here in Minnesota, so that's a big thing. But what I wanted to address first is, is before the celebrity encounter is, uh, your greeting. I know that you uh, you've uh, uh, a big fan of the early Letterman, where he used to call people chief. I think you should incorporate that as your uh, initial greeting. Incorporate, hey, how are you doing, chief? Or because you like the chief, and I, I have always no, no, I'm, chief not doing, I'm not funny. doing that. I'm not doing that. Sorry, I can't do. All that. right, no, that's a that's a hard no. <laughs> it's a hard no. Oh, you call people chief all the time. What do you mean hard no? Come on, people. It's a hard no for you, my friend. <laughs> It's a hard no, my friend. Ooh. Yes. No, no, it ain't, it ain't happening. Already, 
Already, uh, already uh, missing. All right. So here's my celebrity encounter was, um, you want to hear that story? Oh, do I want to hear it? Absolutely. Okay. So um, in the mid two thousands, Martin Short was doing a, uh, uh, his own show. He was just like kind of putting together ideas. It was like that Conan tour where he just kind of throwing, throwing stuff against the wall. And he, and he uh, had a stop in uh, Minneapolis where I'm from. And it was, you know, it was kind of a preview thing and it wasn't really uh, all put together all everything. So, so he was, it was kind of trying to find out uh, the audience, take the temperature of the audience. So he was uh, interacting with, with the people. And uh, after the, after the show, you know, he kind of came out and, did a drive by, you know, pointed at us and tried to trying to get out, get our sense of what was going on and what was going, what was uh, not going on. And I made eye contact with him and I immediately did the, uh, that, that unique Jackie Rogers junior thing with the hand that he does with this, with that song. And he, he gave it back to me. So I had a one second encounter with him that, but that was uh, a very foretelling. Cause it was like, it was instant continuous. Like he knew what kind of fan I was and I knew what kind of person he was. And he was like, yes, you're the person that's seen uh, Clifford many times and you've seen all the SCTV and I know who you are and you're, with, and you're the person I did the show for. And, and it was like one second of my life, but it was like a perfect one second of amazing. my life. And, and that, I thought that was just great. Mike, that is amazing. That is an amazing one. You, you showed him that you're one of the real heads you're a you're a uh <laughs> a martin shorthead but you showed the, it when, but when you because because here's the thing because you're a, you're obviously a bigger fan than i am but when you think those songs and you're when you think of the songs and you do them and you're and you sing them or whatever do you immediately do that hand thing because i can't not do it because i just think that's the, that make, makes it so much funnier that that little weird hand thing that he does while he sings those songs is it like the tilted hand i'm trying to remember what it was yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the both hands and the one is tilted and it's mm-hmm. got the shaky you know the shaking when it, uh, of course, the, it, you know, the, she loves me to my amazement, ah, and I love her. Like what the heck does that mean? And you do the hand thing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You know the hand thing. You I do, do I do, Mike, I do. That's an amazing story, Mike. You had a great encounter huh? with Martin Short. He was on stage when it happened, and he gave you a little little signal, little little uh, reference. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, cool beans. So, so that was my uh, that was my short little encounter, and it was and, and it was you know it was a perfect because I didn't have to obviously didn't have to talk to him and embarrass myself as I do on this show all the time. Thank you no, very much. Very, you do not embarrass yourself. <laughs> you're a you're a champ, and we love you, and oh we gosh, celebrate so we celebrate Mike from Minneapolis on the show the way we celebrate all the greats, all the callers, one of the best in the biz, Mike in Minneapolis. <laughs> Well, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Mike, and you have a great night. Did that. All right, let's go back. Busy, 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 busy phones. Hello, Best Show. Hi, Tom. Hi, who's this? This is Joshua in Lansing. Joshua, my son Joshua. How are you, Joshua? (laughs) It's your father, Robert Evans. Um... (sighs) Uh, my son Joshua. Well, I mean, to my, my son my Joshua, son I dedicate this book. Ah, those, <laughs> those lilies, 
Down goes the phone. Down goes Sinatra. Was I mad? You bet your ass I wasn't. So, what's up, Josh? Ooh, uh. um, I'm hanging out with my son, Abe, and we're, we're listening, we're watching. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was, you know, I called him. I got this celebrity story to share. Um, if that's cool. To just yeah, yeah, let's proceed. hear it. Okay. Okay. And I also want to talk um, to actors and people that act and then they try these things and all sides, auditions, acting, things you did, you failed, you sweating up a storm on a set. I want to hear about all of it. So go ahead though. The floor is yours right now, my friend. Yeah. I mean, this isn't going to be quite that. I mean, there was sweat involved on my part, but, uh, so this is uh, this is Ralph Nader. Ooh, and, real um, celebrity encounter there, Ralph Nader. Yeah, you know he hosted Saturday Night Live. He did. He uh, did. Uh, maybe he was on Sesame Street. He I might have been remember. on Sesame Street. Um. So what's your what's your uh, what's your encounter with Ralph Nader? Yeah. So I'm a I'm a librarian. And so I'm, I go to these library conferences and, uh, first thing I got to ask Joshua, first thing I got to ask, what's the weirdest thing you ever saw written on the, uh, a book? The weirdest thing I ever saw written on a book in, in or on a book, um, in or on a book, um, so there was, this isn't one that I saw personally, but a story that I heard um, at the library where I work. Um, it was Marcel Duchamp. Someone had uh, checked out his book. Uh, I can't remember which one, but written, this is garbage mm-hmm. and thrown it in a toilet. Wow. That's, that's, that's extreme. That's, yeah. that's an extreme one. Marcel Duchamp. Yeah, so that's out. what Marcel Duchamp did. Duchamp, yeah. Uh, I don't know if, 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 I mean, I presume uh, Marcel didn't do it himself, but a reader. Okay. Uh, so, so what? Now tell me your story, your Ralph Nader story. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like there's at these library conferences, uh, you know, there'll be different sessions and stuff you can go to, but there'll be an exhibit hall where people will be trying to promote their books. They want you to carry it in their library, in your library, right? All right. Um, And so um, they bring in a famous author, as the publishers do, to to sign books. Um, You should get in on this if you're so inclined, Tom. Okay. But um, All right. uh, So Ralph Nader is there promoting one of his books and doing a signing. Um, I, I see a tweet about this uh, through the course of the conference, and I'm like, okay, um, I voted for the man twice, maybe against my better judgment, but I did it. Um, I'll go, uh, you know, get a book signed, say hello. Mm-hmm. So um, I go over to the booth, you know, where he's signing, and there's nobody, n- there's no line. 
there's no line to see Ralph Nader. There's lines uh, for other authors, but there's no line for Ralph Nader. Okay. Um, so I'm able to just stroll right up to the booth. Sure. Yeah. And um, and he has a handler, and uh, the handler uh, greets me first, and it turns out it's somebody that I went to school with. Okay. Um, someone that, um, you know, I play music, he played music, we played together at open mics. And so I just kind of lock in with this old acquaintance and we're talking about music and catching up and Ralph Nader is standing there awkwardly waiting for us to finish this conversation so that he can sign a book for me. Um, but I was nervous. I was nervous about like, how do I make this transition from talking to this guy that I know to talking to Ralph Nader? Um, I don't remember exactly how I did it, but ultimately I did. Um, and he signed the book for me, asked me my name. And I was like, uh, I didn't know what to say. Uh, like, thank you for your tenacity. That's what I said to Ralph Nader. Okay, that's nice. Said, that's what it takes. Yeah. yeah. He said, that's what it takes and signed, signed my book. And then I went on my way um, feeling bad that I made him stand awkwardly for several minutes while I talked it's about fine. open mics. He can handle it. Yeah. He can handle it. Yeah, I know. He can handle it. He can take it. He can take it. He's he's endured worse. He has endured worse. Um, um yeah. Don't uh, don't worry about it. He he can stand up. It's cool. It's Nader, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love it. I love, I love that you love, I love that you love Joshua. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right, my yeah, friend. Yeah, I love that I love too. You have a great night. Um, yeah, else? you too. Say Anything? hi, Abe. I say hi to what now? Yeah. This is my son, Abe. He's a fan. Abe, let me talk to Abe for a while if I could, please. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. I think of Bert. I think a bird pooped on my shoulder while I was playing soccer today. Hold on a second. Abe, you can't start with that. You say, hey, how are I, you, Tom? I did. Say, hey, Tom, what's up? Hi, you don't, hi how you are you, You don't lead Tom? with a bird. I think, first of all, you think a bird pooped on your shoulder? You would know if a bird pooped on your shoulder, Abe. <laughs> how old are you, Abe? I mean. How old are you, Abe? Uh, uh, I think that's my business, not yours. All right, get off my phone. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye, Abe. You're out. Yeah. Hit the bricks, Abe. Gonna. I think that's my business. Yeah, it is your business, but you're calling the best show. Makes it Tommy's business. It's Tommy's business you call best show. Kid give me some lip. There's a lot of lippy kids out there, man. I tell you, the kids out there these days, lippy as a day is long. I go to the freaking uh, farmer's market. God knows why I went on Sunday. I do know why. I met, was meeting with somebody. But I go to this farmer's market. And imagine, how do you best describe the farmer's market? It's kind of like... Imagine if you were at a flea market that just sold food and everything was incredibly expensive. 
Imagine, you ever wonder about a $3.50 donut? Wonder no more. The farmer's market's got you. I'm there. I already just watched the, 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 the Knicks just ate it, so they're down. Then they're watching the Warriors-Kings game on a TV there. And there's some little kid. Now, mind you, I'm in Los Angeles. The Warriors ain't from Los Angeles. Neither are the Kings. There's some freaking kid there going, Warriors! 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 We got the Warriors! And he's yelling about the Warriors. And... um. He's yelling, warriors, warriors. I'm trying to, I was getting mad. I was here. He's clapping every time they score. I tell you, I wanted to tell this. And so I, 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 I literally heard someone else say, he's just a kid. Like somebody else was clearly mad at this and had to say, he's just a kid. I tell you, you bring your kid to a public place, your kid starts yelling warriors, basically trolling. Because you're in Los Angeles. There ain't no warrior. There might be a few Warriors fans here, but who's there are people that hate the Warriors because it's they're not from there. I tell you, I, I would have poured a milkshake over this kid's head. If I had a chance, if I had a chance and a milkshake, that kid would have been wearing a milkshake. Warriors! I hate. I hated it. Lippy kids. It's filled. World's filled with these lippy kids, man. These freaking lippy kids. Warriors. If I go back to that farmer's market, that kid's there. He's not going to get a milkshake on his head this time. He's going to get a slice of pizza on a hot slice. I'm going to say to the kid, um, I'm going to say to the kid, um, I'll go say to the pizza place, heat this one up extra hot. Is that cool? Maybe not the coolest. Neither was this kid. I am not following the game, everybody. I promise you I'm not. I'm not looking at the score. I'm uh, I've got a lot of things. I'm conducting here. It's like a beautiful mind up in this piece. And I'll slap that slice of pizza on that kid's head. Not because I want to burn the kid's head. It's not going to be that hot. I just want that cheese to get all melty, and then it's a project getting it out of his hair. That's all I want. And the kid, we put pizza on my head. Yeah, you're yelling to go. Why don't you go see if, uh, go see if, uh, go see if uh, Jordan Poole will help you out. 
your cheese stuck in your hair. Why don't you ask your hero, Jordan Poole, to help you get the cheese out of your hair, kid? Let's go back to the phones. Let's go back to the phones and see what's what. Where are we? Warriors. Warriors. It's like this. Warriors. Not on my watch, kid. Get ready to pick some melted cheese out of your hair, Junior. Little trash monster. So, oh, let's just get it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Can we bring in our both guests here? Our both guests here. Well, well, well. Look who it is. As I live and breathe. I live as I live and breathe. Oh, look at these going around the horn here. Like, uh... That's going to be you, of course. Welcome. Paul Shear is in studio. How about that? And then, of course, Yvonne Zima's here. How are you? I know it's a huge mistake. It was a big, big mistake. I'm trying to extricate myself from this situation already. Oh, my God. So awkward. No, it's exciting to have you here. Why don't you get up on that mic? Yes. Welcome, Paul. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. An old best show friend. Yes. And a new best show friend. A friend of Tom. Yes. I feel like the last time I was in studio, we were on the East Coast. We were. That makes sense. Yeah. And I, you know, I enjoyed our night there. But now, a little bit earlier, the sun is out. Sun's out. The warmer it's nice you know it's exciting times it is and since then you have become super famous oh my gosh now i'm really this is where paul famous paul was at the bar paul was here but it was the best show it's the it was the best show uh a blessing like it's like when johnny carson would have people on it was the blessing yeah the the go ahead give them the wave to come over the at this point, you're just like, oh, I have an idea for a podcast. It's called How Did This Movie Get Made? <laughs> and I said, Paul, lose movie. And the rest is history. It was like the Facebook. I said, get rid of <laughs> yeah. movie. And you did. And now the I'm going to just say this to the audience. And Paul will not. Yeah. The money that this How Did This Get Made makes. They do a thing. They watch. Basically, they watch Curly Sue, and then he the next morning there's <laughs> the a movie. bag of cash on on his porch. There's one bag that says Paul. There's one bag that says Zooks. The one and one bag that says <laughs> June. And June, June yes. well, our bags sometimes get mixed up. But it's okay because sure. it's equal. Uh, she's my wife. But here's what I'll say. And I love that you brought up Curly Sue, a movie uh-huh. that we have not done on the show. Okay. But it is a movie that lives. I'm never going to research this fully, but sure. I feel like I know it's true. Yeah. That is the movie that made John Hughes retire from making films because 
Jim Belushi was such a bastard <laughs> that he was like, I'm mm. done. And then had his wonderful office yeah. and the person I know worked for him for many years and said that he would pump out script after script after script yeah. after script, but never go to make any of them Ever because again. of Jim Belushi. And she said, when you went in his office, it was full yeah. of bookcases. Yeah. And the top of the bookcases was where he kept all of his scripts. And it was basically lined around the entire office of unmade scripts. Because he's writing Ferris Bueller's Day Off in a yeah. weekend. Yeah. He's yeah. writing Breakfast Club in a couple days, Planes, yeah. Trains, Automobiles in 48 hours. Like, yeah. like, So he is turning out, but Jim Belushi made him quit the industry. Jim Belushi broke his spirit. <laughs> Not and even this, John. Not John Belushi. Not John. Jim. Jim. Jim Belushi broke his spirit. And this is a, a, a person who worked with a significant amount of the Brat Pack. Yes. Right? He worked with a baby in Baby's Day Out. Like, that's a baby. <laughs> that's a baby doing silent movie comedy. Yeah. You would think any of those things would have broken him. Babies. Babies. Wow. And now they say don't work with babies. Or dogs, I think is the other thing, right? Yeah. Is that the saying? Now, let me just give some context. Paul, yeah. you're a podcast warrior. People might be saying, oh, I know Paul. I have not met Yvonne Sorry. Zima yet. That's, we're talking about showbiz tonight, right? It's all about <laughs> showbiz. Do you know Do you know Yvonne's story? Well, we met uh, out in the front, but I wanted to keep a lot of the yeah. mystery until oh, we were on yeah. there. Well, get we're ready. really meeting now because yeah. I just said yo, and then we watched basketball for two minutes. Yes. You called us in here with the final twenty-two seconds on the clock. We are now with you in a yes. in a zone we're of not fully knowing. Good. Not okay. sending yes. Juju. Good. To Can I say Knicks one thing about the Knicks? Did win. I was just told okay. they did win. So okay, there we the go. Show can proceed without me smashing up the equipment. Now I'll tell you this much. <laughs> yes, who's front and center at that game? David Zasloff, head of I Max. Yes. Head of Max, the world is on strike or writers are on strike. Uh -huh. Zasloff's like, let me go catch a basketball. This is how much I'm worried about. The writers. Yeah, let, the writers. Let me, go, <laughs> let me go catch a basketball game on the other side of the country. Yep. Let me get there. Let me Ooh, get there yeah. and just show you how much I'm worried about yeah. this yeah. writer. Yeah. I'm worried about the name Max as oh, a as, as a as, network uh, name. Yeah, yes. like hey, it's Max. I'm like, I don't, it's like Spike. It's a hard the, name. Yeah. Spike kind of worked, but it felt there's more to Spike. Yeah, Max feels no offense to any Maxes out there. It yes. just doesn't feel like it's. He's a third best friend. Yeah. Max. He's yes. Not Max. Even, yes. Exactly. Yeah. Max would be your. Max is always relegated. But I didn't mean to. In, to cut off oh, your no, introduction. No, no. no there's Sorry. no cutting off. Don't no, worry. I'm just trying to apure how you go into the podcast, Mike, because you're clearly <laughs> you're just, expert. And I'm like, what is this giant it, thing in my you face? You got it figured <laughs> out, Yvonne. So Yvonne is what you call a lifer. I know this, and I'm very excited about this. Because... Your first role was... You were the... You are... The youngest of three? Yeah, I'm the, the youngest of three all-female child actors. Okay. There all is still alive. The Zima family. <laughs> yeah. There's Madeline. Victoria. Vanessa. Vanessa. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, <laughs> Vanessa. Well, there is Victoria. You didn't meet Victoria oh, yeah. yet. Bring Victoria Zima in, Come on everybody. In. Oh. No, there's Madeline, is the oldest of the sisters. Mm-hmm. Madeline was the daughter on the nanny. 
Yeah, in the 90s. In the 90s. Fran Drescher's daughter, a television daughter. Has been talk of reboots. Yes. Okay. With Nicki Minaj. Whoa. That would be cool. Anyway. That would be cool. <laughs> Vanessa. <laughs> Vanessa? Yes. Is an actor as well. Mm-hmm. What is Vanessa's, what would be the thing people recognize Vanessa for? Vanessa always played child murderers when she was a kid. Okay. Um, she was in a Stephen Bochco show called Murder One. Okay. Oh, I love that with show. With Danny Season Benzali. One? Yeah. Season one was and, really where it was at. And uh, a lot of indie films and a, a sweet, slow-moving movie called Yuli's Gold with a little-known oh, actor, yeah. Peter Fonda. Peter Fonda. That's the B movie. It's not the B, B movie. movie. No, but like, bzz, yes, yeah. Yes. And she was super cute yes. in that. Um, and then... And, and then along comes Yvonne. And then I took I took the cake with all the 90s deals. I, I was greedy. The first movie, <laughs> your first movie. Is the only, is the best movie I'll ever be in. I'm not going to say that's true. You're young. You have a long way to go. Look, it's a great movie. As if you've seen the movie Heat, there's a shootout about halfway through the movie. Tom Sizemore running from the cops. He's a scumbag. So what does he do? He picks up a child to be a human shield during a gunfight as he runs for cover. That child, Yvonne Zima. How old were you when you did that? I was five. You were five. I had to audition to be an extra in that movie. And how did for the, Al Pacino? Was so the auditions odd. were what? Tom Sizemore running around the park with different children. Wait, it wait. Was, you said though for Al Pacino, was that for Al Pacino to know whether or not he would want to save you or not? Like, I need to for, look at this some, child to see yeah. if I can, yeah. if I would make the call. For yeah. some reason, he cared, and so he was yeah. in the audition room, which consisted of improvising that scene and me. I think I was coloring, just talking. I, Kids, they got it so easy. I, you know? I got really into heat recently because I wanted to refamiliarize myself and I before I read the book heat 2 uh which is great it's a great book but I went, Michael Mann wrote he wrote yes. the sequel to heat as a novel yes he co-wrote it with an amazing uh Meg I'm going to forget her last name but he co-wrote it with this uh crime novelist they did a great great job but I went back and I started to find out stuff. And this story that you said about Al Pacino wanting to be there to see you makes sense. Because as I listened to some of the commentary tracks and like retrospectives of the film, it seemed like him and Michael Mann just were on this weird mission on this movie. Like they had both seen uh, Forrest Gump and they loved, uh, you know, they loved um, – uh, Michael T. Williamson, who you know plays uh, the shrimp, the the guy who's the shrimp guy with Bubba, and um, like it was a shame you didn't get that Academy Award. You should have gotten that Academy Award. You know what? We're gonna fire the guy that we hired in this movie and give the part to you. We're gonna pay him out. We just feel like you need to get in this movie. So these guys were wheeling and making deals they didn't even have to make. They're invested in every level. So. You have to audition with Al Pacino. Yeah. But did you know any, what was your experience? You're a, I had you, not seen 
Scarface, or I didn't know You're who this guy too. is. You wouldn't I know. just thought he was Wait, a very you were five, and you hadn't seen Scarface yet. I know it's crazy. <laughs> I did see Showgirls uh, at the age of six, though. Wow, and that was my the sister's theater? and mine. It was our favorite movie for years. Sure, wow. obviously, two um, for Showgirls, please. <laughs> two for Showgirls. Yeah. Did you wear the trench coat? We wore coat the trench coat. There was, we said, were stacked on so top. So there was of, a seven foot. No, we were just so into walk. going to Blockbuster, like oh, that so was our thing. Okay. So yeah, VHS. But um, yeah, I was just confused when I filmed the scene with him because he's one of those method actors, so he stayed in it afterwards. And right. it's like, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm going to go get a bagel. Right. Like, yeah. I'm. <laughs> so, so you had seen your sisters yeah. acting, and you wanted to be a part of the, the club. Yeah. Because you had thought. You told me this because we met uh, probably like five years ago, right? In Toronto. In Toronto. Yeah. When I was doing What We Do in the Shadows, mm-hmm. Yvonne was around and I was like, this is a very funny person. And I was like, and then we became friends in Toronto and the, the friendship lasted back in America. It That's wasn't right. just a Canadian friendship. It wasn't a set friendship where <laughs> no, it does exactly. end when the show yes. does. <laughs> no, you said- Something to the effect that you, in your child brain, thought that you would be on the nanny also. Yeah, so I thought my (laughs) – this is horrible. This is sibling dynamics. I thought my sister was getting on in years and I would replace her. (laughs) At the age of like six, I was like, yeah, you know. I thought that the character was supposed to stay the same age. And that they just swapped it. It makes no sense. But Um, here's the thing. You're so close – to showbiz of course like every like it would make sense you see your 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 siblings working they're there it's not that's not a crazy thing like it would be more insane if you were watching the nanny and saying i look like that girl i'll eventually replace her yeah this seems like you're closer in the mix like i feel like yeah i appreciate that that's but that uh, that second observation is everyone who comes to LA. <laughs> yeah, is like, uh-huh. oh, I'm pretty. I'm the prettiest girl in my small town. I'm coming. Mm-hmm. And Pilot then season. rough. It's a rough time. It's always a rough time. Yeah, it's, it's a rough time like, even when you're doing well. Exactly. So you thought, oh, Madeline. How do you remember that, Tom? Idiot. That's I crazy. Pay attention when people talk. <laughs> it's a very simple skill. You listen and remember. Yeah. Plus, we're both teetotalers, so that we're helps. Both teetotalers, that helps too. Not the, we're not tippling it all over the place. Well, let me ask you about that scene because, in all my research, of heat, that was a pretty intense scene, and it was shot over multiple days, yeah. and they were shooting at weird times because they basically had to shut down downtown LA. That scene is a giant, loud scene too because they're also firing like real weapons with blanks it's it that is it seemed like wow like how that's a massive massive scene to be a part of also you're working with a bunch of actors who seem to me to want to all probably step up their game Mm -hmm. in especially in a scene doing stunts and then you're here like you said that al pacino is in character is sizemore in character is he oh so oh boy uh, so I have a friend named Kate at town, and she um, was friends with Michael Mann's daughters. And so she visited set that day, and we later in life became friends. So it's like Rashomon with the stories. 
sure. of that day. But she saw Tov. Now, for people who don't, Rashomon is a <laughs> egghead movie that is <laughs> only assholes like. It's kind of like I'm sure there was a Community episode where they did a Rashomon. So reference so that. So people, yeah. you follow Community. That was a movie. It's not the paintball <laughs> one. It's not the hide and go seek <laughs> episode. It's because it, Rashomon means, "Ooh, I saw this, but you saw that." Yeah. So Kate was maybe, a, a, she's a bit older than me, but she saw a man outside his trailer in his underpants screaming and crying right before uh, that scene was filmed. Mm -hmm. And that was wow. Tom Sizemore, okay. which I learned years later. Um, wow. And then, yeah, he's yeah. carrying an Uzi. It was like not quarter charge, which is a, a lower speed to make stunts safer. It was mm -hmm. full charge, like oh, no. full yeah. on. Yeah. It does have blanks, but... Looking back, it's pretty I'm insane. made of danger. Yes. Like that is a crazy He's well, that thing the to energy do. that you feel like you're walking into. Like, and again, in my research of heat, it felt like they were all just like living this thing, yeah. you know, Al Pacino's interviewing real victor real yeah. criminals in like interrogation rooms. Like it's like everyone's going the extra mile. He's yeah. running around your what did you make of it though in your head? Like as a little kid. Are you just like, oh, I'm on a, in a movie and he's this guy's grabbing me and running around? Um, I was just like trying to act scared and also trying not to laugh, which I had a really big problem with uh -huh. as a kid. I got fired from an episode of Roseanne that Norm MacDonald wrote because I couldn't stop laughing at my own joke. And they're <laughs> oh, like, get uh -huh. this kid out of here. Um, well, so, do you remember the line? Yeah, I said, time? screw you, four eyes. And I thought that was the most, <laughs> uh -huh. that was the height of comedy <laughs> okay. as a child. So I had a, I had a laughing problem, um, which bled into. Do you still have that? Audition problem. Yeah. <laughs> I have a laughing problem when I'm nervous yeah. or like when I feel like, like when I know it would be the, like, it's almost like my body goes, this would be the worst time for you to laugh. Mm -hmm. there is nothing funny happening here. Mm -hmm. And that's, and it is something that I, it's a nervous thing. It doesn't happen all the time, but it happens at the worst times. And uh, it's, it is, it's like, there is really, you can only feel badly about yourself <laughs> when it's happening. It's like, cause it's like, I'm, I want to control it. I'm not just having a fun time here. I want, but you can't, it's done. Yeah. I'm not good with laughing anymore. The best show has killed my ability to laugh. Tom hates laughing. Because, oh. no, because I just don't want to be the person who's on my going, <laughs> like it's like a, not a morning zoo. <laughs> so over the years, I've tamped it down. Yeah. And it's gone now. Now I just go, that's very funny. I I'm, actually, I'm that person now where I'm just like, that's very funny. <laughs> it's a prison. It's not good. Paul, Yvonne, it's not good. I'm worried. I That's funny. I'll see something, like, I'll watch, like, I think you should leave, and I'll just go, like, oh, that's very funny. I think And everybody else is rolling on the floor. Raffle. You see, but I say. think I do that more watching something, but in real life, I'll laugh. Okay. Like, a person will make me laugh. But okay. it's, like, but I... And I have no ill will towards anything. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I love that Tim Robinson show. No. And I'm like, that's great. But I can be like, that's really funny. I'm at the point now where the things that make me laugh are dog videos, 
Like, it's like, look at that dog dancing around. It makes me laugh. <laughs> or somebody falls. It's not healthy. Like, Jackass. I, if I, when I saw Jackass Forever in the theater, I laughed. I was free. And I laughed because people are getting hit by <laughs> softballs in the face. And I'm like, that's, I'm like, <laughs> I still say that my favorite, like, movie theater experience mm-hmm. was the first Jackass in the theater. Oh, my like, God. Because it was like, it, I don't know. I know people talk about, like, silent film and, and, you know, when you saw, like, a train coming at you. But there's something about Jackass on a big screen and seeing some, like, just yeah. what was going on there. Mm-hmm. It just it 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 broke me in a way that I've never laughed in a and I I always yeah. long to go back to that mm-hmm. moment of like just ridiculous like a stupid yes. laughter. We were obsessed with that that move those movies even Bad Grandpa like uh, every uh-huh. all great, of it yeah, yeah. no I um, love it's it's free because it's it's real it's not scripted and then yeah. that makes for some reason I can laugh at that and the last time I laughed in a theater was at. This scene. Uh Uh-oh, here it is. Oh, my God. It's heat. Now there's a little kid. Here comes Tom Sizemore with it. Oh, no. I'm worried about this little kid. He scoops you up. Oh, whiplash. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is horrible. So what are you thinking right now? You're like, this guy's... I'm thinking Pacino had great hair back then. This is great. Um... Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Even there, he's nice playing the, the coked outness. Yeah. yeah. No, like it was chipping. It was yeah. beyond was the yeah. Valley of the Dolls. That watching, watching you do that scene. I have two, I have an observation and I have a question. My observation is you went with the flow. You Thank were, you, you were yes. there and you put your arm around Tom. Like it, you have your arm there. Like you're like, well, if I'm going to be kidnapped in this scene, I'm not, I'm not going to be fighting. I'm not going to fight him off that much. No. And, I, and there's something about it that makes me feel for that kid. It's like, Oh, you don't even understand what's going on. Like you're you, an adult mm-hmm. would have a con- conception of this. This is like yeah. a nice man who just yeah. re- maybe was funny running through a fountain. And I feel like it makes me in- it endears me to you. But then when he drops, I'm like, yeah. oh, you had to be on a method actor getting shot, and there's no padding. Yeah. Are you going to get hurt? Are you like it feels to me like your head is closer to like it feels like a lot of heads on pavement to me, and yeah. that worries me. Yeah, well, that's child endangerment right there. But also, uh, a young Patty Hearst, who has mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of. Uh, that's like my first modeling of a relationship with a man. <laughs> sure. So this, this was this shaped because, everything. Yeah. You this was, uh, and an armed Tom Sizemore <laughs> yeah. shaped everything that you've been through ever since. Then. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Five Thank you, Michael Mann. You're five Here's doing my, that. Here is my therapy bills. Yeah, yeah. For if you just sent him a thing saying like, "Here's a hundred eighty thousand dollars I request for therapy for." That's Freudian analysis. And you're just kind like, of prices. Well, look. Now, but this is again. I have, I have more questions about this thing where I'm like, uh-huh. "Is Michael Mann saying to you, 
all right, here's the guy's, he's a bad guy. And we're going to blow his fucking head. Oh, sorry. I don't want to, I know we're going to blow his head off or like, this is fun. This is not, are they trying to like, are they talking to you like a five-year-old or are they talking to you like, Oh no, no okay. one talked to you like a kid on any okay, of these sets. Okay. He was smoking his cigar. So he's and, like, got a light, you know, kid? Exactly. Yeah, and you're like, yes. And I'm like, here's my Zippo. Yeah, I smoke my, and drink yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, scary uh, to me. Five years old. I mean, that's a pretty. You're ashing in the fountain. <laughs> yeah. Stub your cigarette out on the uh-huh. LAPD. Oh. So that when you weird. did that, did you get the bug after this? Did you have the acting bug now? You wanted more? I never more? had the acting bug, but what happened was there was a, uh, this is how funny casting is. Uh, people thought I was Natalie Portman in that film and not mm-hmm. the extra. Oh, so I got okay. five movie offers that year and they okay. were all these action movies. Mm-hmm. So then I was typecast as. Here we, this is the big, the next big one. Hostage girl. We're not talking about the girl in the lunchbox. Oh. From Roseanne. That happened. Screw you, four eyes. <laughs> not hostage girl. Not young Lisa from Bed of Roses, of course. The, your oh, great yeah. part in that. Not the little girl from Executive Decision. What What did you do in Executive Decision, the Kurt Russell, Steven Seagal movie? I was a passenger on an airplane that was getting gunned down. Yes. Every Everything. I was typecast as a tearful, endangered waif. You in the nineties. Yeah. Now, by the way, we, I, just want, I know you ran over it real quick, but I want to just ask: Bed of Roses is that the Mary Stuart Masterson Christian Slater film? Wow, he's good. Yes, look, that's yes. why he makes the big bucks you know, with his movie podcast, the, and I'm here <laughs> scraping for change. I'm in a closet. I'm in a that's closet in a guest this bedroom. This is a very nice me. studio. It is. Mm-hmm. I uh, that movie was shooting when. On the block that I lived on in New York, uh, I lived on 5th and 10th when I was going to NYU, and they were shooting that movie, and I was so excited, the Baboon Heart movie. That's the movie where mm-hmm. uh, one of them has a baboon heart, uh, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited to see. It was like my first time in New York and seeing a movie and seeing them shoot a movie out there. Yeah. I was so excited to see that. Imagine if the first time you saw a movie being shot was heat, <laughs> and you're in it. <laughs> But are you oh, nervous? So are you nervous on, on on any of these things? Are you like I've been to the nanny? I, I know I've I know been how... to a nanny taping. Yeah. I don't yeah. get nervous. Yeah. yeah. I was I'm I never get nervous. Um except when I, I did like a reading of a short story I wrote at a bookstore, then I didn't know how I, I my ass right. was twitching. I was so nervous. I was like, oh my God, I hope they don't see this. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, I've never, never see that's amazing. And I think that's the thing. Where people go, don't work with kids and dogs, or it's or babies and dogs. It's because most kids don't have like the wherewithal to just fit in. I think that people don't want to treat kids like kids on sets. Mm-hmm. They want to treat them like adults, but have them act like kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so you probably brought both things to the table, which is yes. like you're a professional and you could do these like action movies. I mean, guns and everything. Like yeah. That. So executive executive decision. You're a passenger on the plane that is being hijacked Kurt Russell and Steven Seagal in the movie. Who yeah. did you work with on that? Did you work with either of them? Uh, I worked with Halle Berry mostly. Okay. Because uh, she was the flight attendant. I was just clinging to her. And Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. And Steven Seagal, I didn't see him. Um, he had a very small, that was like a like a fun thing for movie yes, fans. Yes, that was one yeah. where he got, uh, people have had enough time to see 
executive yes. decision. There's no, hey, I was going to watch that. It's only been 38 years. <laughs> yeah. 30 years. It's been a while. You've had time. He eats it early in the movie. It's the whole point of the, it's like what it's, it's like a thrilling. fun thing. It's like oh, you wouldn't kill off the hero of the now exactly, and they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so then, the big rolls right around the corner. Wait, but, and you got five of these rolls just no auditions. They just offered them to no, you. No, I had some auditions, but there was like some heat on me because I love they it. thought I yes. was Natalie. They certain casting directors were like, oh, they didn't know which person i was that's uh, the that's amazing okay I i'm sorry some of her luck which is so i love it bizarre yeah. do you know the big role that's coming paul i don't know i didn't do any more okay. i didn't do any this more is, research well, i'm glad yeah. you didn't there's a movie called the long kiss goodnight <gasps> one of and my favorites yvonne plays gina davis's daughter oh also my kidnapped. goodness one of so my favorite kidnapped. Christmas movies. The most kidnappable child. Thank you. The nappies for 19, <laughs> the 1996 nappies. And yeah, the MVP. Of most kidnappable MBK. child. The winner is, get up here, Yvonne, you won. <laughs> wow. You were Gina Davis's daughter in this big action movie, Sam Jackson, Gina Davis. Rennie Harlan directed, Rennie right? Rennie Harlan directed. Shane Black wrote. Big yes. movie, big movie, great movie. And I would say a movie that didn't get its credit when it was really in the theaters, but has been a movie that I feel like people are like, oh, we missed a boat on this one. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was Biggie Smalls' favorite film. Whoa. So that's I think awesome. that's pretty. That's amazing. Mentionable. <laughs> and I just want to say one thing now. I'm not going to spoil the whole thing. Yvonne. You're a, you're a really great writer now. Also, our flag means death. Yes, Yvonne wrote on our flag means very death. funny our flag show. Means death. So. A, la- a laugh out loud show. A show that Tom thinks is I funny, but I'd laugh out loud. That's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a scene. It'd be like, oh, I laughed good. That was funny. Mm. And then everybody else is like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm just like, I'm kind of broken inside. Something. These wires need to be reconnected. The laugh wires. But I'd oddly, wouldn't you say that Tom has gotten lighter in his years? Like, like. Oh, Tom's a happy guy. Yeah. But I didn't know him back in the day when it was dark times. So moody. But skulking around. You're always just jolly. A breath of fresh air. Just walking around Toronto, just mad at the pizza. Pizza was terrible in Toronto. It's hard to be happy in Toronto in winter. It when is. When we shot Long Kiss Goodnight, it was the most freezing winter on record. Like okay. everyone had snotsicles and frozen mm-hmm. eyelashes. And it that, was really cold. There's some sort of, I remember I just read Gene Davis's book, which is great. Uh, but there's something where they had to go into a plunging like ice water. And that was, it seemed ridiculously hard. And again, Another hard director, like a Rennie Harlan, like, we're going to do this. Like, let's mm-hmm. blow everybody up kind of a thing. Yeah. That's yeah. frightening. I, I Again, like I read, um, uh, oh, my gosh, she wrote and directed Women Talking, and I can't remember her name. right. Sarah Polly. Sarah Polly's book. Mm-hmm. And working on, like, Baron Munchausen and all these movies, like, they really mess you up. Like, Or she felt very messed up because she was treated in a way which was 
just get in there, do this thing. Like we're putting you in danger's way or you don't know where the danger is or where the danger isn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I never felt mistreated on any set. I was, uh, it was the nineties that the money was flowing. The deals were luxurious. Like love it. I was wearing thought a you were coat. Natalie Portman. So problematic yeah. now. But, right. And yeah. then one day somebody said, wait, her name is Yvonne Zima, not Natalie Portman. Yeah, and then they're like, get out of here. And I was like, okay, they I'll go. Champa- I'll, I'll they took your champagne a... glass out of your hand. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, Sorry, they, kicked, kid. they kicked me out once they realized who I was. Yeah. Give us that Zippo back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but you... You you we'll go into more. It's it's fascinating. I hope you don't feel like we're just slowly slowly going through. I had no idea. Through. I thought this show. I no, didn't we're going to talk about all the... sorts of stuff. We're going to talk about all sorts of. But I just want everybody to yeah. meet you because I know these things, but other people don't. And it's just fascinating to talk to somebody who worked on crazy things when you were truly a child. Like, yeah. can you imagine one of your kids being in a, like, yeah, I'm on set with Sam Jackson today, yeah, Dad. Yeah, it would be mind-blowing. Now, let me ask you this. Are you a fan of those things? Like, are like like <clears throat> are you, not of your work, but given your, your choice of film or your choice of genre, would, are these things that you are excited about being in where you're like, no, that was a really fun experience. I enjoyed it. But that, that's not my cup of tea. Like, your cup of tea isn't maybe those things, or is it? I love it that much more. Like, I okay. love action movies. I like, I think Long Kiss Goodnight's fun because I love the buddy cop movie mm-hmm. and yeah. that genre kind of twisted on its head. Um, but just seeing what goes into it, I have such reverence for stunt people who, yeah. I mean, that, that job's insane. They go to work and they might not come home, mm-hmm. you know? When I was on my last show, Black Monday, my character has to fall down a flight of stairs. And it was in... Like uh, it was supposed to be in New York City. So like those steel staircases in the back of an apartment, like that kind of, mm-hmm. you know, not a carpeted stairwell, not anything. Yeah. And uh, I said to him, I go, well, how like, well, what's like, what's the gag? Like, how are you going to do it? And he's like, well, I'm going to fall down the stairs. <laughs> and I was like, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, you can't you can't fake it. And he did it. He came down perfect. And then slashed his head open on the last stair like sure. like right across Ooh. right across top and sat at the monitor while people were administering you know different things to mm-hmm. his head uh watching the take it looked great he was happy about it then he got in an ambulance and left he came back to do many other stunts for the rest of the season but wow. it was it wasn't a deep cut but it's a head cut and that's a thing and that i always like i think that moment and i'd done and worked with different stuntmen and women and uh, for many, many years. But that moment is like, oh, wow, it's so hard. And that's why no spoilers, but seeing that final sequence in John Wick three or four, whatever the last one was, where it's pretty much all on stairs for yeah. like 20 minutes. I was like, this is one of the most insane things no. I've ever seen. It's the simplest thing. That's the scariest, most insane sequence of, it's of one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Yeah. Is this giant 20 minute staircase fight. Oh, wow. I it's, haven't seen it yet, but. Yeah, that... it's just all on concrete stairs. Yeah. Oh, Like boy. 400 of them. Yeah. And yeah. they're crazy. I love ruined. those movies, yeah. though. Yeah, they're amazing. It's, it's so much fun seeing. We saw it last week, and it was like, it's basically a comedy in, in yeah. a lot of ways. Because the physicality of it now, they're they're leaning so hard into the physical part of it that it is just played. It's like, well, how can you not laugh when somebody gets 
hit by a car and then he shoots them as they're in the air after getting hit by a car. So, so um, I would like to say, let's watch this scene from Long Kiss Goodnight oh with my young God. Yvonne Zima. <laughs> this is so fun. Now, which one are you? Uh, the shorter one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's Craig Bierko. He's so lovely. Now you're being shot at again. A helicopter is hovering. You're being shot at from the helicopter. This was six months, this shoot, so... Wow. That's like a, lo a long time for a six-year-old. Wow. Amazing. Do you still have that hat? I wish. Six I months. do have one of these jackets still, and it fits. And okay. It fits a, in a different way. <laughs> sure, yes. <laughs> now, six months, when do you officially check out of school? Oh, in, in that time, you're like, in I school mean, are you, the are whole you, time. You no, know, but I mean like going to a school where other kids are not like a, a set. Like, are, do, do you like when did you pull the plug on school or did you not? Oh, yeah. I dropped out of high school because I, I got in a fight with my English teacher. She wouldn't start grading chapters of my novel I was writing. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is important. I was like a very young Max, Max Fitcher from Rushmore, okay. like very is that how you into got to read your writing. Short story yeah, short story plays. I was just like, this is everything, and I don't care about anything else. And oh, she wow. was like, uh, you have to do the work. And I was like, I am leaving. <laughs> <laughs> now, what would you say, to go back to your earlier point, what if Max was just Max Fisher was the logo for Max, the new channel? That could help. The okay. No, I like the purple branding, but that Max not even that? on it though. What if it's not even? What if that's the joke? Is it? You can't even watch Rushmore on Max. We see. But I, he's the I want them to bring back Max Headroom. Back, there hey, you hey, go. Hey, 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 it's streaming, streaming, <laughs> yeah. streaming shows. Like, hey, you know, like, and have like a little like that yeah. would be a great yeah. way to bring back a classic Max. Mm. Uh, and get you excited again for yeah. you know because that's the future, right? Max Headroom is. A cop in the future? I don't know what Max I'm Hedrum not was. sure what's going on with that. As a kid, I was confused by it. It felt like I should like it because I liked the commercials. Mm -hmm. And then the show was like a cop show where yeah. he might have been a cop that was trapped in a television set. I don't remember exactly, but it seemed like someone really went wild with what Max Hedrum was. <laughs> now, to get a part, you need to audition sometimes oh, for no. parts. Yeah. Now, Paul, your journey toward acting started later than Yvonne's in terms of you. You yeah. were, you were grow, you grew up on the East Coast. I grew up on the East Coast. I, uh, what did I do? I mean, I the long, the very short version of it is because I want to get to the the more juicy stuff. Is um, I wanted to act. I didn't really know what that even entailed, but I liked doing sketches and things like that. So I did some things in high school. But when I was in high school, I found this um, improv group called Chicago City Limits. And they were a an off-Broadway. And off-Broadway is a term I would use very generously. I mean, it was like 60th and 1st. Yes. And um, they would do like short-form <laughs> improv. Like, uh, like, like, uh, like, uh, like whose line is it anyway? Like every time this bell rings, you're going to change your thing. And I, I went there and I pretended I was in college to take these classes with all these adults. And I loved it. And... And then um, I, when I finally went to college in New York, I was like, oh, I want to go take those classes again as a real college person. Got involved there, found the Upright Citizens Brigade, which is Amy Poehler, 
Matt Walsh, uh, uh, Matt Besser, and Ian Roberts, they were like launching in New York doing this really cool comedy out of Chicago. And mm -hmm. they were bringing people like Adam McKay and Tina Fey and uh, John Glazer and Miriam Tolan, all these amazing people. And I got into that scene and that was really legitimized the ability to maybe go and make something of myself. Because when I was doing Chicago City Limits, it was like the big thing was like, you know, one guy in this in this show, he got a commercial. It was like, that was a big deal. It's like, oh, he yeah. got a commercial. It wasn't like no one was getting parts in TV or mm -hmm. movies. No one had agents. It was like, he got a part in a commercial. And that was like, that was the goal. And then being a part of UCB, it started to be like, oh, people are coming to this theater. Like yeah. famous people are coming to this theater and, and people are getting parts and auditions. And then all of a sudden it was like, you were in like a little bit of a happening, a little yeah. bit of a moment of a comedy in New now York City. Like people are starting, oh, you're on Conan. You got to do a character yes. on Conan because Conan was such a, a character-driven Every night there were bits. Show. There were bits. And, and and it, was, would, it was a very written show. It was very, so I remember like we all made our money because the UCB4, when they first came to town, they were trying to get their show off the ground, their, their Comedy Central sketch show. Mm -hmm. And... Conan had his cabal of writers who were a lot of Chicago people and they would just bring in all their friends as those friends got successful, went off to different writing gigs. They kind of threw the rope down to us to be like, or the ladder down. And, uh, and we started getting to do these things and it was the best. Cause you just, it would be like non-speaking parts for mm -hmm. $500. You could make your rent yeah. if you do four in a month yeah, yeah. and they, they could call you three or four times a week. Cause sometimes you're just wearing a seal costume. No one's seeing your face. It yeah. was the best thing. And uh, and you'd be backstage with like the best people. And I remember like Kirk Douglas one time was backstage. I'm in like a Ronald McDonald costume. Somebody is, you know, dressed as like a knight. There's uh -huh. a, like two halves of a horse. You know, there's like a, a mime. And he's like, this, this is wonderful. Look at you. This is television. Oh, and like he was just yeah. like taking us all in, in a way of just like, this is this is brilliant. And that was a kind of this vibe at Conan. Like the yeah. celebrities were kind of engaged in this weird world because you'd be lining hallways where all their dressing rooms were. Yeah, it really was like a version of what you see show business in movies where the gladiator walks by yeah. and the here comes the alien walking. It was like it really was kind of like that at Conan. So what was your first – what was the first – audition you did though let's when you finally said i am an actor the first thing you went up for was what this is you know i wrote down a bunch of different auditions that i remembered but my first one oddly doesn't jump out at me because it probably falls into a pit of endless commercial auditions that oh. they just mm -hmm. build it's it, it feels like you're just being thrown into a room and then pulled right back there's no feedback there's no nothing it's like did you say your name and did you get out of there it's just like i feel like i don't even i remember being disheartened by them but never ultimately humiliated but there was one moment where i was like why am i not booking these commercials all my friends are booking commercials and there's probably a myriad of reasons why but there was like i need to stand out i need to stand out and one day I was at home and I was watching this like VH1 documentary. So it's barely even a documentary about like happy days. And they're talking about on happy days, 
how Robin Williams got the part of Mork. And when Robin Williams came in, he did something that no one else did. Robin Williams came in and he did the part of Mork on his head. And we were like, that is the guy. That's our Mork. On his head. Like he came up to the the Happy Days couch mm-hmm. for his screen test, flipped over on his head. Okay. And then did the lines of Mork from Ork on his head. Sure. And I immediately thought, well, that – I didn't take away be interesting, do something different. Uh-huh. I took away uh-huh. – Go uh-huh. on your, your head. head. Uh-huh. Oh, that's fabulous. What has – And uh, and I go into audition for like a Kit Kat commercial. Mm-hmm. I remember it was a chocolate bar, like a Kit Kat. And there are – and we're sitting in these chairs. If you're, you can see it on Twitch. But these rolly chairs like this. Yeah. So now, first of all, I'm not athletic at all. Uh so to get on your head is harder, and I didn't practice it. I just in my head, I was well, like, "That oh, gonna, might be the right." That might that's be part of it. The crux of this whole thing, right? Part there. of that. <laughs> just like, well, I'll just go on my head. That's an easy enough thing. Now, if I had a chair without wheels on it, it might have been easier. Yeah. A chair with wheels on it. Oh my god! It ain't gonna happen. No, a little trickier to do. That's like a stunt that's like a like yeah. a john wick level stunt yes. that would have to be happening like, what's your favorite scene in the new john wick oh the scene where the guy does a handstand on a rolly chair oh it's oh, crazy how did he do that had to have been cg wow so i go into this kit kat commercial uh-huh. and i'm like i'm gonna read the lines i'm gonna do it on my head and and now it's all it's, it's all coming together i'm like yeah. okay here i am i gotta make my presence known and she's like okay do you need anything i'm like nope i got it and then i start to navigate the chair and i'm just okay and it's it's already slipping out from under me and i'm trying to get my head down she's like do you need anything i'm like no no i got it and i'm like and, she's like, and, and i and i keep on like no no and she and then and i and i can't get it i can't i'm just i mean it's impossible it's an impossible they, feat are they just like are you are yeah you they're okay? like are you okay and, I'm, and now i'm sweating and i feel that flop sweat and uh, and they're like, what are you trying to do? And I go, yeah. oh, I was trying to do it on my head. And she's like, why don't you just do it normal? I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I'll do it. I'll, yeah, it's good. I'll do it normal. I'll do it normal. Oh, and I I remember that feeling that like of like just it was ultra embarrassing. Like it was like, oh, he's insane we've just brought an insane person let's please never call back that person to anything because that was insane uh and that really that was a tough audition and i remember you know that that one really sticks i remember the bad ones i remember the ones i walk out of there where i just a pit in my stomach not like i don't want to do this but like Mm -hmm. oh i'm no good I am yeah. Really good. Uh, there's a film called Ellie Parker that Naomi Watts made. Yeah. Uh, that really encapsulates that feeling where oh. you're kind of doing the lines after in a very sad way in the car. You're like, oh, oh, God. But yeah, I, I have so many. Mm-hmm. I have like a montage of bad auditions. Okay. Um, Which very one bad. That comes to mind? I, I've accidentally read the stage directions as a line. I, I've been doing this since I was five. So I, when I was a child and I couldn't cry, I, I freaked out and started trying to pinch myself on my thigh. And uh-huh. the lady just stopped reading. And like it was like a Sergio Leone movie of just eyes, eye contact, back and mm-hmm. forth, of her just staring at me, pinching myself. Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, it's not right. Uh, you um. know, um, just, just, oh, 
I know a good one. I um, one time walked into an audition room and I was like, man, I was very cocky too. I was uh -huh. a cocky auditioner. Like I'm the yeah. one who pinches myself and then okay. feels fine afterwards. I'm like, that didn't go that well. Oh, uh -huh. well. Um, but I went in this one room and was like, man, these people smell like shit. <laughs> oh, God. What is happening here? They, it smelled like dog shit in uh -huh. the room. And I was okay. like, I got to like get out of here. And then I looked down at my foot and I had tracked... I had stepped in dog shit yeah. before. I tracked it all over the carpet. Oh. I've used props as like makeup and thrown them in a scene and then gotten black eyeshadow across another oh. rug I ruined. I mean, I just want to apologize to everyone who I ever auditioned <laughs> for. It's such a it's a humiliating experience because as I've gotten through it now, I believe that everyone wants you to do well. And I think that being on the other side of it. I also can't tell you why some people don't get things. It's like, it's not that anyone's really even bad. Yeah. Like It's just like, oh, my imagining of it is, the way I saw it in my head is matching with something here. Very rarely is it like, we don't know what this character is. Oh, and then we, it, it's, it's, a, it's a mix of things, right? Yeah. But it is the, it's these moments where you feel like casting directors are for you like a good casting director they want everyone to do well they create a safe space even that person who said to me uh just don't do it on your head i think she was trying to be like okay let yeah. me help you let me not embarrass you like let let's pretend like i didn't see that and i've had a terrible casting director session i don't remember this one and as i was driving over here i it came back to me okay it was an audition for a movie called beer league with Artie Lang. It was an Artie Lang. Of course. Artie Lang's Beer League. It was his Citizen Kane. Yes. It was his like. <laughs> it was his basketball. It yes. was his basketball. His. And I went in for this this Beer League movie. Mm -hmm. I remember The Office. I remember everything about it. And I went in and I sat with the casting director and I read the scene. She looked at me and she's like, okay, now do you think you can try and do it but be funny? Whoa. Oh my and God. that was a, cr a crushing, a crushing blow to be like, can you do it and be funny? That's That's a brutal. rusty steak right to the heart. Yeah. Yes. And then part of me was like, I was doing comedy at this time. Yeah. It wasn't like oh, I'm a Shakespearean actor. I don't understand exactly. what beer league is. Yeah. I, yeah, but I, and then I'm defensive, but then I'm like, how do I make it fun? I, I didn't know how to make it funny. Now I haven't seen beer league, so maybe I was wrong, but maybe I was right. Uh, but that was to get like slam like that in yeah. the room. My friend, I'll tell this story out of school because I won't name anything, but I will say this. One of the biggest movies ever, one of the biggest directors auditioning call back with him and to your point from a second ago he says uh he cuts him off in the middle of the audition and he says hey i just want you to um i want you to do it the way you do it on the drive home after you blow the audition Ooh! oh my god <laughs> oh god and when i heard that i was like how how do you because the other part of it is you have to instantly recover and then do it again right yeah. like so that's a like he's like <laughs> 
No, that's... Do it the way that you would have done it when you after you've blown the audition. Oh it's no God. different than Nathan Chen falling on his ass in the Olympics. You just get yeah. back up. There's no refractory. You have to be like, yeah. okay, uh, yes, yeah. more more abuse. Thank you. Love it. I love it so much. Um, yeah, one there there was a whole year where like you go to auditions and no one looks up at you. And so you're reading to no one. Ugh. That was a whole thing. So one time mm -hmm. I just was so sick of it. I took my chewing gum out and I put it in my belly button. And the lady uh -huh. looked, finally uh -huh. looked up from uh -huh. checking her emails and she's like, that is delightful. Like the thing is, <laughs> there's all these stories mm -hmm. where you get note, like Danny DeVito for Taxi, mm -hmm. he stood up on a table or the kid who was in Dennis the Menace, he brought in a worm Yes, and he bit the head off of it. And they're like, that is Dennis the Menace. This business has no logic. It has no rhyme. Or, yeah. It's just, it's just absurd. And so to really like not give a fuck is the key for all these right. auditioners out there. If you don't give a fuck, they want you. If you don't right. want to be there, they're like, who, who's that? Which is how my sister Vanessa always got cast. She'd walk in a room with her shoelaces untied, and someone mm -hmm. was like, "You are the character." She would not tie her shoes too. It's Which so is, wow. That's, I know one person who's like secret to meeting mm -hmm. is when he comes in to like just have a pitch meeting. Mm -hmm. Like, can I take off my shoes? Ooh. And and I think people find that to be really endearing. <laughs> yeah. And that I feel like wow. I would find that I would leave if I was running. <laughs> I'm like I'm currently trying to cast this thing, <laughs> but I need to go. Yeah. I can't be in a room. Take your shoes off. Let me know how the movie turns out. <laughs> Best of luck to everybody. I need to not be here. I um have been on the side of the table where you cast a thing. Yeah. And there's one of the worst things I ever saw was like there was a comedian. I'll say it's Judah Friedlander was auditioning, but the the person running the session was pairing actors up and so it's just like and this is early pre 30 rock judah friedlander it's a very talented guy he gets paired with somebody who is so bad and you could just see him like begging he's like almost like please just switch me this guy's not yeah, good yeah. i'm going down i'm going down with the ship because this guy's terrible and he, he just like <laughs> he was like almost pleading like we when we would watch the audition tape again you could see him just kind of like like come on guy. like he's like trying to signal that this guy yeah. sucks without saying this guy sucks. It's, I don't envy it. Dudio, Jason Dudio Gore, are you here on the the line? I am, Tom. You're here. This is Jason. He uh, works on the show. Now, Jason, you're an actor. I am. Yeah. Now, what, are, what would you say is your worst audition that you I have two very quick ones that were painful and haunt me. To this day. Okay. The first one I auditioned to be the dilly dilly guy. For the beer, the bud. The beer commercial. Right. And, and I, I just want to say this about Bud Light, first of all. <laughs> Anybody in this audience drinks that junk anymore? Yeah. Hey, man. I'm hey. getting my machine. Hey, gun. hey. <laughs> I'm holding a thing this weekend. <laughs> Everybody bring your Bud Light down. Yeah. I've got a hatchet and a... <laughs> And a shotgun, and I'm going to yeah. shoot the crap out of all that Bud Light. We got to make a stand, everyone. No, I don't. I do have a 
steamroller, though. I will be driving over <laughs> Bud Light. Um, so you're auditioning for the Dilly Dilly guy, which was this Bud Light campaign that was kind of like this fake Game of Thronesy yeah. type energy. And yeah. It, yeah. And it's Mike's favorite uh, campaign, right, Mike? I, it, it was. Mike. I did that? enjoy it. He did yeah. enjoy the Dilly Dilly guy. Which made me feel even worse not getting it and just knowing how happy Mike would have been. Yeah, that would have been great. Oh, it would have been exciting. Mike would have known the Dilly Dilly guy. Yeah, like, I know the yeah. Dilly Dilly guy. So you're auditioning for the Dilly Dilly guy. I'm auditioning for the Dilly Dilly guy and okay. it's just one casting director in there mm -hmm. and I remember uh, he, he was British. He had a very like very, very thick British accent and you know when I go in and I sit down and he's like, alright, now I want you to do this and I want you to do it in a very regal voice. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, dilly dilly. He's like, mm, no, no, that's not the one. I'm like, try it again. And I do it again. Dilly dilly. He's like, oh, I hated that one. Do it one more time. And I did it again. And he's like, oh, I hated that one even more than the one before it. <laughs> Goodbye. You see, now I want to talk about this because I've worked with British directors mm -hmm. and that seems to be a sense of humor thing too do you feel like he was having a sense of humor with you or he no, was he, okay. he was really he was really disgusted okay he was disgusted by your dilly yeah, because what you did disgust. right there was not bad nor was it Thank so you. different than the dilly dilly guy yeah i think i probably did it better than the dilly dilly guy well <laughs> that uh, sounds like you know. hubris that's a that is hubris you're right you're right i, I you retract know, that i the, retract that the iceberg <laughs> did not sink the titanic my friends <laughs> Twas hubris. Oh wow! That sunk the mighty Titanic, and, and an then iceberg. the and an iceberg, and an iceberg. Mostly the iceberg, actually. Yes, pretty and much the just one... the iceberg did it. There's a little bit of hubris thrown in. <laughs> I'm also going to blame ninety nine percent. Probably the was a person who could have been looking out a little bit better, a little bit more. They should have been paying attention, and somebody should have been like, "Hey, there's an iceberg coming yeah, up." Yeah, uh, I see that. Yeah, full stop. Yeah. Now, Jason, what was the other one you auditioned the, for? The other one, real quick. Um, I, you know, this is another commercial audition, and my agent just called me and said, "Hey, I need you to get down to." I was like one to one or whatever uh, audition house it was in New York. Um, she's like, "I don't know what it is, but you'll find out when it's there." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, first, that's a red flag." And so I go down there, and everybody in line, I I ask them, I'm "Like, what is this? What are we auditioning for?" Nobody knows. And so I go, I finally, they call my name and I get into the room and there's literally like 27 people behind a table, just like chock full, like the client mm -hmm. directors, everyone, like one of those rooms just so full of people, like kind mm -hmm. of in a round. Sure. And they make me stand on an X and there, and the, and then I, I still have no idea what's going on. And then finally the guy behind the camera says, all right, show us that belly. <sighs> Oh, oh my God! Oh. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? And they're like, lift your shirt. We need to see that belly. And he kept saying that belly, <laughs> as if you are, like, yeah. as if you are like transporting this thing that people like. It's like, yeah. like you have yeah, Quato yeah, yeah, let's see it. Let's in see there it. from yeah. Total Recall yeah. or something. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let's so. see this thing. You and smuggled uh, it I in. lift, <laughs> I lift it. I lift my shirt, and oh. I show that belly. It's like oh. fame. Like and they are all, and you just you hear the the air suck out of the room because that wasn't the right belly. Oh, Oof. and afterwards I find out it was for an insulin pump. 
Wow. Oh, my God. That would have been such a good gig. Jason. I know. That would have been top of the resume. God damn. I just want to say, Jesus. don't take this the wrong way. You blew it. I really did. I really did. I say that to my belly yeah. every night. Yeah. I, I did a thing on Conan because I am not much of an actor. I hate acting. I hate people looking at me. Everything I do, nobody's looking. I at heard me. you heard you were almost in the new monkeys. Was oh, that you did hear that? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I told just, it. just like, checking. That was yeah. a. I had a lot of mental illness swirling around in my head at that point. I was not thinking straight. Yeah. What a proud moment that was when I put that in my book. Was well, I guess I'm going to tell this story now that oh, no the, one knew. Have you it, ever told this story on your oh, show? No, never. Oh, never, well, ever. I think it's a good reason to get that book. I oh, think no. it's a good story to kind of tease the book. These people you haven't read the book. They all, okay, I see. <laughs> but I did. So I did audition when I was 18 for the New Monkeys. I auditioned. I showed up. I waited online. They saw me come in, and they're just like. Here's a plastic visor for you, kid, that says, I auditioned for the new monkeys. Thanks for coming. Um, on Conan. On Conan, I started getting, they, like, the writers would say, like, hey, do you want to do a thing? Yeah. And so I would do a thing. Because and, a lot of the writers on Conan were actually doing yeah. performances, too. Absolutely. And they knew I was around hanging out. Bah, bah, bah. Everybody knows everybody. So... There was a thing where Conan had this fake boy band that he created called Dudes of Plenty. And it was like they had just like these just like young boy band looking kids. And Conan was the manager and he's like we're shooting the one thing and I'm worried they say, Okay, you play the craft service guy. Sit at this table with bagels while Conan's doing this stuff. And Conan will come over and like yell at you every once in a while. So I'm doing that. They're like, oh, we get, we actually got to shoot again tomorrow. So come on back tomorrow. I'm like, oh, goody, goody, twice as much money now. I'm rich. So I go back the next day. And then they say to me, okay, now uh, you're going to be doing a lot of this with your shirt off. And I said, no, I'm not. Uh, this is the first I'm hearing about this. Absolutely not. And then they said, yeah, no, you. You got to have your shirt off. It's like, I'm not taking my shirt off. I do not care. Yeah. Because they wanted me, because there's a point where I joined the boy band, because he kicks one of the members oh, out. He's right. like, you, the craft service guy, come over here and dance. And I, was so, and I was just like, there is no way I'm taking my shirt off. You should have yeah. told me before you hired me for this that that was a part of it, because I would have said, no, thank you. And I just did not budge on it. I was just like, this is a line I can't cross. But this is the... Moment. And then they were like, "Fine." They let you keep it. They let you keep it, right? Yeah, they because, didn't care because when you are new, you don't realize how much power you actually have, and they exert this kind of pressure yeah. to it. My wife told me this story one time where she was on a movie, and it was like a post uh, post coital scene, and like it'll be fun. It's like you know, it's like it's so it's such a movie thing to just be like. You know, you got the sheets up here, you know, like, like yeah. why don't you just have your, you know, you're not, like, maybe you're not even wearing a bra. You're just like, you're a shirt, you know, you're just, you're just like naked. And she's yeah. like, I'm sorry, what? 
She's yeah. like, yeah, you know, just like, it's just sort of like, it's just, ca- it's casual. He's naked, you're naked. Yeah. You're just like. Oh, that's it, a fun idea. Yeah, like a fun. Yeah, like, a, I don't know. Yeah. Let's see about it. How about you're like naked for this scene? Would that be, that'd be kind of fun, because right? Because you know that like someone has drawn the short straw. No one yeah. wants to bring that information to yeah. you. But someone has asked. Mm-hmm. I was on a show where we had DVD uh Episodes, episodes that were unrated for DVD. Mm-hmm. And I watched those conversations go down for DVD content. Mm-hmm. And it was always extremely uncomfortable to have somebody like, you know what we should actually, you know, I have this fun idea because it's going to be on the DVD. We should maybe. And it's like, no, 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 no. And it's like, and it's this power play of who will bend, who will break, and you will feel like, oh, I'm letting down Conan. Uh, they'll never call me back. Uh, yeah. This is going to be good. Yeah. You know what? I shouldn't be ashamed or I shouldn't be embarrassed. I should do whatever. And then you do it. And then it, they get what they want. And then you feel like you were taken advantage of. And then that's it. Yeah. Look, was I jacked at that point? Yes, I was. Could I have done it? Yes. I, no, I was not. You didn't I want was, to show up the boy band. You, I didn't you, want to steal focus. Exactly. I had, I will say this. Another extremely famous person, uh, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds <laughs> said something to me one time that I thought actually was really interesting, and mm-hmm. I actually always think about it like this. She she said to me, "I would be cool with doing what they asked me to do if they told me the night before, so I could prepare yeah. to do that thing." Mm-hmm. And to spring anything on someone on because there are certain things that you might want to do just yeah. to, to to whatever whatever that is you know it could be a million different things and i think that that's fair the springing it on you is a no. terrible terrible that's thing that's so 90s you know yeah. like they don't yeah. do that anymore now it's a negotiated before and i i lost out on a lot of parts cuz i just was like i'm 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 not into nudity for me i'm sure. it's fine for Sure, Everyone else. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, the, so the, I would try to be like, side boob, no nipple. What about mm-hmm. it? You know, and they're like, no, it has to be boob. And I'm like, no, I don't see why it never has to be nudity. Yeah. It's yeah. just sort of a quota now. I mean, you see it in especially streamers. Yeah. There's just naked scenes. Well, that was like, like Showtime made a mandate on it. It seemed yeah. like I was like, what? It almost was like. We ha- well, we gotta get it in. We gotta yeah. get a scene of somebody naked in this thing. Because it was like HBO had the sitcoms where they'd be like, "Dream on," and yeah. then there'd always be somebody, there'd Someone's be a topless yeah. woman for five seconds, and then the sitcom would just go on as if yeah. nothing was different. It's just like, like how dumb is this audience? <laughs> where they're just like, huh, huh, "I'm gonna keep watching this lady with no shirt on." <laughs> now I'll watch. Like, what yeah. is this show? Don't worry, the lady's gonna take her shirt off in it. Okay, I'll check it out. No, we're not. I don't want fat. Do I really have to watch me on the thing? There I am. Look at that. Look, oh, I don't look, even oh, look, look like this. me. Look at young Tom. And there's a young oh, Colton Dunn. Dunn. There's Conan yelling at me about bagels. And you're sitting there with so much self respect. We're sitting there. Yeah. By the way, I, I've never seen a person who sits and mans the craft service table no. in, a, yeah. in, a, in a pre-COVID <laughs> world. That's a bold choice <laughs> to be sitting. Yeah. Yeah. Look, and then I came over and I had to dance with the, but they wanted me like shirtless for that. I mean, you're funny without, with your shirt on. Thing. This is, it's much funnier. funnier. Yeah. All right. And that's me. Wow. Five years older than I look now. 
<laughs> that's not somehow. True. <laughs> that's I love that. No, I was not very healthy then. You know, Conan gave me a I was dying. <laughs> were you dying? I was. Oh, where, no. where, where were you in your career at this point? Oh, at this point, what year would that? I was probably. Are you writing for magazines here? I'm writing for magazines, not writing for Monk yet. Okay. Monk is 2002. Okay. So this is this is like yeah this is like and that money was good that oh, yeah. kind of money was good yeah. four foreign change yeah. two days in a row <sighs> that was the best you should have seen me I was like guys and dolls walking all around New York I I was when like a I big shot it was like Nathan uh, when you got busted at Conan what's his name the, again Nathan Fielder no Field, no in in the, guys, guys oh, and Nathan dolls. Detroit Nathan, Nathan Detroit, Detroit. Uh, it would be great if Nathan Fielder, Fielder was in Guys and Dolls. By the way, I remember Lock him having a, a big suit in something, so I feel like that's maybe. Yeah. Lock me a lady tonight. <laughs> <laughs> right. so her name is Lock. That actually would be fun—a monotone Guys and Dolls. Yeah. I like that. Nathan Fielder and who else would be a good? Uh, maybe it's Tim Robinson and Nathan Fielder together. Eh? <laughs> Please, I would. <laughs> I would love to line up for that. Um. The uh, Conan did something to me one time that was interesting that was similar. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm a bald man. I have become more of a bald man as I've gotten older. Uh, but there's that point where you're like, oh, okay, things are happening, but it's not fully here yet. Um, and the amazing casting director who I love and gave me so much money and I have nothing ill to say of her, but called me with one of those. We have a funny bit, a really funny bit. It's a principal Ooh, thing. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, awesome. Like, like, you this. know, and she's like, yeah, it's going to be really fun. So the, the idea is like Conan, you know, gets into a fight on stage and then, you know, you're there and you and Conan get into it. And then Conan takes out this, this like, um, like uh, razor blade, like hair shears, and shaves your head. And I'm like, uh, okay. And they're yeah, she's like, we'll just... <laughs> And he'll just shave your head, oh, and uh, and I'm like, oh, and I, I'm like, well, it's like like a wig or something. She says, no, no, he'll just shave your head, and and whatever he doesn't finish, we'll we'll have our people like they'll fi they'll fix it for you, you know. So it's not it, well. He's like, you, I think ideally he wants to just like give you like a a straight down mohawk, or he'll just like cut off, I'll try to cut off all your hair. And as I'm hearing it, I'm like, ah, eh. And it was a principal role, so it was like a thousand dollars. That's mm -hmm. a bigger. It was yeah. a big, you know, a bigger thing. And it, you know, and I still get residuals from Conan. Um, and I said no. I just said no. And it was like because a I wasn't comfortable uh, going that short with my hair at that point. I probably should have been, but but uh, but it was like to be like that, like to be shaved on stage by Conan with a pair of like shears yeah. like that seemed so humiliating to me i couldn't do that and i always think about that like that that when you say no to something it's such a you let you feel like you're letting somebody down yeah mm -hmm. but then you just realize there's one call on a phone sheet they just want to mm -hmm. get there they're, they're gonna call somebody a second you hang up Now, Yvonne, one thing you do now, which I think in addition to writing, you've written 
for our flag means death. And you, you have a, a script that I read a, a while ago that's great. And where's that? Without getting specific, so that, is that in the works? That's at Netflix okay. uh, with Megan and Harry's company, Archwell. Yeah. It's so. it's really great. But you still you act catch as catch can, Connie. Like you're not chasing it full on. No, not anymore. Um, in 2020, I just decided I wanted to write for TV, and that's when I worked on Our Flag. I, I mm-hmm. really pivoted. Uh, and earlier in that year, I was a crew member on a ABC show called Schooled. So I was like commuting to Culver City and mm-hmm. and a sort of an, an animal wrangler for people like Brian Callen, all these um, you know actors. And I was like, I just don't want to commute. What can I do? And I was like, Oh, well, there's Zoom TV writers rooms now. Okay. So that's that was mm-hmm. the impetus for wow. really changing careers. And and I wrote a spec of what we do in the shadows and put a lot of pirate jokes in it mm-hmm. and got it to the EP of Our Flag Means Death. And Yes. Yeah. Did but, you get to go on set for that? I did. I was also in the show. I, I An audition popped up for the show and I auditioned and then I let my show runner know. I was like, just so you know, I did audition for this show, which I felt so awkward about. So mm-hmm. I, I have a cameo in uh, episode five. That's amazing. I, I always felt that show like seemed like one of the more fun things to be a part of because shot over at Warner Brothers, right? Uh, or, yeah, yeah. And, and they, built they built a these, ship yeah. and it was ridiculous, crazy budget, like really lush. Mm-hmm. It seemed like that's like what you want shows to be like, oh, wow, that would be so much fun to yeah. be on that. Yeah. Yeah. The um, – you do occasionally act, though, and this is one. Mm-hmm. Tr- this is, and I'm not joking. One of the most exciting things are that you take these occasional gigs, killer prom, where you. Oh no! These are lifetime movies, yeah. basically, but you'll play, and this seems like it must be the most fun that anything could ever be. Like you're like. The one scratching the eyes out of the phone, like the class reunions coming back. And then it's like the guy who you. These are my favorite ones. Deadly Runway. Love it. The guy who you like, you're like, we were supposed to be together. Like, like you're that, you get to play that part. Yeah. In terms of like a character arc, I went from tearful, endangered hostage girl in the 90s to only playing psychopaths. (laughs) I don't know. I guess I. I learned a thing or two. But. So you now would be the person who would grab a child now and run. I'm, you are literally yeah, now yes. I'm Tom Sizemore in right. every movie. But you would be grabbing like a child of your ex, your ex from high school who's now happily married and they have a kid. Yes. It's like more of the Glenn Close Fatal Attraction yes. kind of yes. Yes. boiler lady. Yes. Yes. You, you show you know up. what child you're gonna. I'm gonna take her yeah. on a roller coaster yeah. like that exactly. kind of. Yeah. You show up at school and you're just like, no, your mommy asked me to pick you up. She's yeah. busy. Yeah, no, she's was, good. We're gonna go have ice cream. And then the kid's like, really? And you're like, that's, that's the, you get to play. That's the most awesome. Like it's like everybody says playing villains is the greatest thing, and that's like the coolest kind of villain you could play, like the. Pushing the people down the stairs. Have you died yeah. in any of these? No, I kill people all the time oh, in wow. these movies. Oh, all wow. the time, I push them off boats. And but you don't stairs get any and... comeuppance. No, um, no, I always go to jail. It, okay, there's always cop lights. There's one that end. I love where um, a flight instructor falls in love with her 
a student who she's teaching flying with. And um, it becomes like a fatal attraction situation where she takes uh, the mother-in-law up in the flight and then uh, opens the door and tilts the plane. The (gasps) mother-in-law flips out. Wow. That's a dope move. Also, a mother-in-law kind of fantasy. Of yeah, I just knock it out. Yeah. Like it's, I've, I'm a fan of all of these. And by the way, we uh, we've done a couple of those on how did this get made, and they are always the most fun because there is an energy to it where it's just we. It's like it's like the purest form of entertainment. I feel like it's like that's what we want to see. Just like have fun, like very like not emotionally base stories which i think are good like i just want to be like yes i hate her that's cool let's go fight like but i want to see those like those stories like that i like Mm -hmm. that it's very weird to have a director like make you smile after you just killed someone but it's the tone is camp yeah so you know you're playing a good bad thing and it's so awkward to try to emulate that i think they tried in the twin peaks reboot they went for this like Everyone was in a different show in that in mm-hmm. that whole thing, but like they did go for this. Okay, we we're, we're working for David Lynch. Like, let's kind of almost be bad actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a weird thing that because when it works, it really works, and sometimes when it doesn't, it really it really doesn't. doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are your favorite things to do in those roles where you get to be like the wow? Um, honestly, I I just uh, for whatever reason in my early twenties kept playing these baddies and Mm. i i find it pretty easy because like villainy is is kind of rare in 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 films and tv but in in these particular scripts they're pretty arch like Mm -hmm. i played a character on the young and the restless who was always kidnapping people and i i would come up kidnapping kidnapping putting them in cages and then the women on a a soap opera i don't know if you know this but if they do have a baby or get pregnant it's because they date raped a man they always put something in their drink that's like i don't know why that's the plot line but i was doing that a lot that was always fun a little bit, you know, because you're like, what? Uh-huh. I this. Okay, now. now I don't know what this is, Yvonne. Do you know what this is? This looks like one of those Lifetime movies from the Toronto vibe or the Ottawa feeling. This is a Canadian production. Okay. Let's see what this is. Play it. Too young. Ugh, you're like 100 years old. Serial killer. I guess I want what every guy wants. Just someone to laugh with. He's really hot. This is from his profile. Okay. Oh, yeah, he is hot. Smart and funny. Now, what it's is like this movie? This is called The Girl He Met Online. Did you warn him what he's getting himself into? This is your girlfriend? Yeah. Please don't tell me she has a record. Hi. Have you told the truth about anything? You're leaving me, aren't you? You should go. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I've never been more in awe of anyone. I will burn this place to the ground with you inside it. The, the, oh, hit pause, please. Hit pause, please. Please. I will burn. Oh, what was love, that line? I love improv. I will burn this place <laughs> to the ground with you inside it. I love this. By the way, is that the guy from Letterkenny that you're with? <laughs> no, no. Okay. All right. No. I will burn this place down with you inside it. Yeah. Can we play that again, please? Yeah. I'm not trying to. Wow. Online dating. You know how people are. They think they're going to be a murderer or something. That is the 
Ooh. Yvonne. That was the first of three yeah, of those. The crazies out there. Oh, so you're a That's reoccurring character? That's genuinely funny. Wow. <laughs> That's worth a Tom uh-huh. laugh. Yes, yeah. I laughed, see? Wait, so your <laughs> character comes back to terrorize story. men? Like, this is like a promising young mm-hmm. woman kind of a situation where you're, like, popping around? She just wants to date a rich guy, and she's uh, not of means. And that's okay. the plot of every of every one of those films. She just wants to get with a guy who has some money. See, yeah. I'm that's what I'm very into is the sequels of the Lifetime movies. Like, I like that show. Uh, <laughs> I forget what it's called. John Cena now hosts it with Nicole Byer, Wipeout. But before it... We we were, my wife and I were watching it and we're like, that that actress, like she's funny. She's good in this. And then we Googled her and she's got a whole series of movies on Lifetime where she's like a, a detective solving murders. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I like it just seems like I, I love that there's more to this, like that you get to pop up multiple times. Yeah, there's three. There's a, what are they all called? Oh boy. That one's the girl he met online. Then there's Killing Mommy. And Killer Prom. Well, what happens in Killing Whoa. Mommy? In this Killing Mommy, oh my God, this is maybe the campiest. Don't I play two people. I play twins. Okay. Uh, and there's oh like a double God. indemnity plot line with the mm. with the mom and one twin's bad and one twin's good. Mm. And you don't know which one, but I have a very bad wig in it. So I think that adds to its comedic value. People in the chat are saying that this is the Zemaverse. <laughs> where you have three it's, characters, where yeah. you have four because you're two and one. It's, it's like that's like uh, what's her face, Vanessa Hudgens on Netflix. She's got a whole the that whole Princess Switch world is a bit. There's characters exist in the night before all these things. All these characters work together. Oh yeah, way. those are really fun. Yeah, we watched are... one with Julia. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put Vanessa in in uh, killing mommy. So she yeah. plays my best friend in okay. that. <laughs> very funny um but that was just because i was like can you come to canada with me uh-huh it's always so lonely wait did you both meet in canada independently of paul yvonne met her sister not in canada but it, you know, they were together. It, it, I, in the same home growing up i no. i'm saying you two <laughs> tighten it up <laughs> <laughs> but like that idea like so how long are you shooting these things are you shooting them it's only three weeks okay that's but that's longer than i thought it would be yeah i thought it'd be like 10 days yeah yeah i mean you would think but no <laughs> it's like three weeks mm-hmm. um and are you working like just 22 all hour day? days yeah. like crazy they got it down to a science they send you home and you're kind of like not a person anymore. You're just a weight, a husk blowing mm-hmm. in the wind. <laughs> so it's grueling. And yeah. the the Ottawa winter in the for the Killing Mommy movie, like I think, almost killed me. You know how we feel about Canada oh, yeah. in the winter. No, there were points. Like, fuck no. Shooting. First of all, it's a brilliant idea to shoot a vampire series in Toronto in October, November, and December. Mm. That was a stroke of genius. Whoever came up with that because it's really fun to be in a parking garage at two in the morning in December in Toronto. There were points I would have three coats on three coats, like a hoodie and two coats. And I would still just be like, I'm dying. I like, I shot a, uh, I was up in Montreal in January, February and March. And it was so brutal that people were saying to me like, why are you here? Why would you yeah. come now to this? Like, 
it's not the right time to come here. This yeah. is a terrible time. Like, mm. Go home. No yeah. one goes outside. Like yeah, every no. living complex has a built-in grocery store. And it's sort of like a, a, a very upscale prison. Yes. You just yeah. don't walk anywhere. Yeah. You just don't do anything. There was literally snow covering the glass doors of our building. Like you could only leave through the parking garage. You couldn't leave through the front door of the building. Yeah. Yeah. The producers just put another clip. This is not me doing this. Oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> Do you recognize this, Yvonne? No. Play I... it. Well, it's clearly on film because this is a... RKO. Cinema. Oh, a real one. A real one. Okay. <laughs> it's John Wick. That's how the John Wick movie... Yes. I called you a skank. Skank. I can't believe she got arrested again. Well, that may be, but she's still your sister. Let's get out of here. This. Let's just get this over. Is amazing. So you're like a you're like a punk. She's always been a problem child, and it only got worse after my dad died. Oh. Slapping myself. She was the good one, the one my mom fawned over, the attention seeker. Being fabulous, it's pricey. Sometimes we don't get everything that we expect. I'm gonna move into Winston's condo. You're not selling this house? No! First you're replacing dad and now you're selling Can you hit the pause, house? please? Hit pause. Yvonne, this is the greatest thing I I've ever seen. I am this. not I am not kidding at all. <laughs> as I'm saying, this is like this is right up my alley this as is, far as I'm into it. This would be the most fun to make these. Is it are you just laughing the whole time? It, it is a lot of fun. I love the crew. Uh, like, so it's the same crew every time and we've known each other over the years. So sure. it's just always like. So it's like a reunion. Yes, and everybody's... Yeah. Same producer, uh, Pierre David. He actually produced the first couple Cronenberg movies. Oh, and really? then he's made like 300 of these films. Okay. And the way he pitches it, he's like, we're going to make a picture. And he mm. really loves love it. this so yeah. much. So I, I love him. He's an old school producer <laughs> here's my pitch before we resume this yeah yvonne zima killing. paul Shear. killing paul oh, killing <laughs> get killed in the movie yeah no I mean, which it'd be yeah it would be well first of all we there should be a thing where it's like you and your two sisters yeah, yeah. why haven't you done that Obviously. three you're killing everybody yes because yeah. madeline was in she was just on doom patrol Right, yeah. she was on this most recent season, of Doom Patrol, and she was on what else was she on? Californication. She did yeah. stuff on, so she she could kill people. She she also plays baddies, but she doesn't love it as much as I okay. do. Okay, you love it. Yeah, I love it. I just have a natural, naturally sort of evil essence. Yes, and was this? Have you acted with your siblings? Yeah. A lot? Yeah, so when we were kids, we made our own after-school specials, like, don't do drugs. And they had me <laughs> snorting powdered sugar when I was five okay. through a straw and then ODing. And, like, Madeline would get the rain, the hose and make it rain. Like, just she thought she was a young Spielberg. Now uh -huh. she directs. I love that. Um, she directed me in her first short film. Uh, but Madeline and I would play the same person at different ages okay. in films many mm -hmm. times. So we'd be like younger version of so-and-so grown up. And then uh, we were all in a Western together, uh, the three okay. sisters. And that was called The Rose Sisters. Amazing. By an amazing uh, screenwriter named Karen Lee Hopkins. She wrote um, 
Welcome home, Roxy Carmichael. Oh, yeah. Okay. And Winona she's Ryder. just such a babe yes. and so lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we we like robbed a like a haberdashery when we were mm-hmm. kids and for milk. And we were like, put it in our flasks and we're gunslingers as <laughs> children. It's really cute. What about this? This is the pitch. Okay. It's called the Zima sisters are killing everybody. I love it. Well, to me, I'm like, let's get Witches of Eastwick back with like the Zima <laughs> sisters. Let's and do... you can play the Nicholson. I'll, you I'll play come the in. Devil. I'll be come great. On. I'm yeah. in. I'm in. I'm yes. in. Fine. Yeah. I'll play the Nicholson role. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, it's re- and but uh, Madeline was also on the Twin Peaks. Yeah, she was in she the was Twin a part Peaks of the, the, reboot. Yes, and then she was in a film where. Uh, called The Hand That Rocks the Cradle when she was five. And oh, yeah. And that Rebecca de Mornay archetype yes. of coming in and destroying a marriage, that's kind of what I play in one of these life. So she was movies. the daughter in that. Yes, she was a kid in that. That is amazing. Yeah. What, a, what a fun... Look, I know there's down, there's uh, like, there's ups and downs to everything for everybody. You've, yeah, uh, like you've, ups and downs, always, like every day. We've all had fun things happen. We've all had the part where it just we're eating it hard. But it's just when you take a step back and you're just like, yeah, I got to do a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. Like that's the that's important, I think, to just be like, yeah, it's not always great. And sometimes it's terrible. But when you add it up, it's like it's kind of you get to see things that most people don't get to see. Somebody told me, like, if you book like 10 percent of the things that you audition for in a year, that's a huge year. And that means you're getting 90% of things you're getting rejected for. And it's a good way to think about things and put things in perspective because it's true. It's like you're never going to get everything that you want and you remember the rejections or you remember these things. But it's like just, yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's a process. You find things, you get good. And I think the trick that I've learned now is uh, to work with good people. If you can, if you can figure it out, and you figure out a good system, what's that like? <laughs> that was so funny. No, so that was to myself. That right? was funny. I even did that was funny. That was a good one, Tom. <laughs> no, um, no, you're right. It really is to actually get to do things with people you like being with, yes, and, and because then you, you can are, build on something with. You are wearing three coats in a in a in a garage at two in the morning it's like so why not be with people that you actually like because mm-hmm. that gig will not get you any fur- <laughs> there's something about like no gig is gonna get you really any further ultimately so just yeah have a good time wearing the three jackets mm-hmm. and yeah. then and then you at least are like i didn't hate it and i'm proud and i think the work is better too i think when people Enjoy I mean, clearly, but look no, at but his like, lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is, but, this but, is a hoot. Yeah, for honestly. all these movies, we would always play music in the makeup trailer and have mm-hmm. dance parties, and you, yeah. you keep it fun, especially if you're if you're um, number one on the call sheet. You yeah, have you, to create a culture of of levity mm-hmm. and like make sure everyone's okay on set. That that becomes a really fun part of it. Sure. Can we watch more of the Killing Mommy trailer, please? Please calm down. I hate you! And it kind of slipped out. Well, you should have called and told me. Such range. Wig on and no wig. What was that? Oh, that's... I don't care how upset she is. Oh, my God. Now it all makes sense. These photos are evidence that she's back on drugs again, Mom. (laughs) This is a dangerous person. Mom, look at me. I'm really worried. Please be careful. Of course. Just 
tell me what the hell's going on. I don't understand. Yes, this is the greatest. I just. I am not leaving until I get inside there. Until we hear from her, it's first degree murder. Why you dress like me? Oh no! Very bad girl. You did the switcheroo. You have to kill me. It is. It's an Olsen twins movie. You're not gonna do that. The good one was the bad one. Unbelievable. Killing Mommy. What a picture. I like Killing Mommy. I want to see Killing Mommy. Oh, wait. Sick. I'm just doing what I have to do. That's the Whoa. coolest thing. Yes. You're Two sick. directors on that. Oh, yeah. So our first AD uh, directed, co-directed with Curtis Crawford, who's amazing. Love these people so much. That's um, great. Yeah. And just remember... I'm going to burn this place down with you inside of it. Yeah, I made sure to add that in. Just <laughs> <laughs> no, the greatest. They just kind of let me do whatever I want in these movies. So I, I have it. a blast. Yeah. And I help direct. Uh, so sometimes, like, the director has to go out and smoke or something. Mm -hmm. And like, they're like, can you step in? I'm like, yeah, sure. Well, because you've been <laughs> doing this for so long. It's yeah. just like, what other parts of things started to appeal to you? When you're you're on one side of things, you're doing the acting. What what were the things where you're just like, oh, maybe I would want to try writing. Maybe I would want to try the directing side. What was was writing the first the, the first writing kind of stuff always? That you yeah, got kicked yeah. out of high school because of it. Well, of yeah, course. I love I love literature, and I'm mm -hmm. obsessed with novels and and memoirs like mm -hmm. yeah. yours and yeah. um, Richard Nixon's and other people. It's a great company, really... me and Richard Nixon. <laughs> I am obsessed with you memoirs, know? and they're so what it like. Richard Nixon, now, now I have to maybe get that because... He doesn't seem like the most reliable narrator. Like, yeah. you know, it's fun to see in a memoir how m much people lie. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Truly. It's... Or are honest. And that's the best. Sure. Well, I think if people are creating, it's to bring it all back to Rashomon, mm -hmm. the, your own version of events that like that tell a story that you feel like, like Tom, you know, we know he didn't audition for the monkeys. We were there. We have yeah. the proof and you were called out online. You're canceled yes. briefly for a moment. Like, was, yeah. you know, like the, the, they didn't give out. out those visors. They were giving out wrote handkerchiefs and that yeah. was the whole thing. He <laughs> didn't know. Yes, it. So, <laughs> yeah. So um, the next book will have the, but, uh, but like, did you ever think about writing one of these? Like one of these, like, uh, I did. Um, and then I found out the pay and I was like, no, <laughs> Wow. Which is pretty honest. Yeah. I was yeah. like, there's like 10 drafts and it's no money. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was like, that's too. That's, yeah, that's too much. That's too much. But Sounds um, like uh, something that the Writers Guild should strike over. Probably. <laughs> and let me just say this. Every Writers Guild, the WGA Writers Guild, which I am a member of. Of America. Of America. Mm -hmm. the, that's what the A yeah. stands for. I'm sure that they're doing some Writers Guild of Canada up there for this, some of these writers. <laughs> writers Guild? Yeah. Are you a Writers Guild member? Yeah, You're I joined in 2020. Joined. The worst year. You're a Writers Guild yeah. member? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so we're all three of us are on strike right that's now. That's right. Pens and down. Pens down. They now, should have said laptops closed. I think that would have been a better, yeah, yeah. more yeah. accurate. Because somebody would be like, oh, they didn't say anything about laptops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what, um, I, what, what, I, what I've been enjoying, and I know you're going to make a, a solid point about union solidarity, but uh, I just want to say yes. like, what I've been enjoying is a lot of people humble bragging throughout this process going like, I have four things in yeah. development. One yeah. thing is casting and one, yeah. everyone's got, every, according to this, writers are doing, are working their butts yeah. off. Everybody Apparently is tweeting now. about all their things that they're yeah. putting on pause at this yeah. moment. Uh, 
<laughs> like, yeah, it's a no. weird way to brag right as we go on a strike. It's, yeah. Yeah. I can say this. There was the last strike was in 2007. Yes. And I was a part of that strike. I was working on Monk at that point. And we shut it down for three months. And I had actually sold a pilot to Fox, an animated thing. And then the studios to retaliate killed all the, they killed the things. They the development. Just, they just killed the development. They bought the show. And then like four months later, there was a strike. They killed it. We didn't even write the thing. It wasn't even four months. I had just sold the thing. Then they killed it. I didn't even, we didn't even write the thing yet. Just because they're just taking deals off the books. Well, that's kind of the conspiracy of this entire thing. Like if you look at mm-hmm. what, if I was to be a conspiracy theorist, mm-hmm. I would say there was no real negotiation for the last couple of months while they, like the the ATMPS and WGA West were negotiating, but you saw what they came to. They released their their demands and their and there was no, literally nothing seemed to happen. They at yeah. the last hour they kind of said, "Oh, here are some things," and I think that they want to get rid of some of these gigantic overall. Yeah. writing deals mm-hmm. off the book and i think that like i started talking to friends today yeah all whose deals were put on pause immediately yeah no. immediately yeah. big time deals mm-hmm. put on pause from multiple people today because you're in breach of contract yeah. with right. the by going on strike you are saying that you are out you're you are removing yourself from being in business with the studio so these are just austerity measures in i think it's in a the great guise of Oh, yeah, we're hashing it out. And I think the fact that, like, the DGA and SAG are coming up in a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. just make it a prime season to be like, let's do what we need to do here to get the corporate bottom line to where we need to do. And then they'll come back with some things that will be fine. Yeah. But, I mean, I like I that was a point. I paid a legitimate price for that. I was a show I'd been working on for a long time. Just suddenly one day, eh, it's dead. Oh, not happening, and you can't like, get it back. You don't. You can't you get it back. You're not getting paid. Also for the stuff, it's just like, yeah. So it's like I was on the wrong end of it, but that's a part of being in a in the union that does take care of people, and it's just, uh, yeah. There's a similar thing that I have now that's gonna. I'm hoping doesn't happen again, and but we'll, yeah, you know, knock on knocking wood. Yes, on wood, exactly. everyone. But it's like. It's just nobody's getting paid what they were. It's, there's no residuals anymore. It just isn't. the Back in 2007, people were like, oh, these writers are so rich. And they're going, like, that was the that was the counter that was being said to a lot of people. It's just like, yeah. these writers, oh, how they have so much money now they want more. They're being greedy. It's like, you'll notice nobody's saying that this time. Like that, yeah. they can't beat that drum this time. No, there's that great, uh, one of the writers on the, the FX show, The Bear, showed a picture of his bank account the day that he was winning the writer's guild award yeah and it was like negative balance Mm -hmm. you know and it's and i think that you you know i've seen it on the writing side i've seen it on the acting side like people just don't get paid what they get used what they were used to Mm -hmm. and then uh and on top of it because it's on these streamers they don't get reruns so you don't get residuals so you just really are everyone's getting hammered in so many ways and the problems are the same it's just different Things that we're all we're all arguing for the same thing, which is like a living wage, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, and it used to be, you know, look, there's gonna be always people like Aaron Sorkin who I auditioned with. 
Okay. Oh. For Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip before it came out. Okay. And I was told before I went in there, they said, uh, you know, Aaron Sorkin is our Shakespeare. Do not change a word. And as someone, like I have a, not that I have a hard time that I have to improvise, but I'm not often word perfect for an audition. I I, like, I'm going to give you a good solid gist and more, 75, 80%. Sure. You know, Uh, I go into that room, really nervous. We're in his office, his office, which has, um, it's almost like an Aaron Sorkin museum props from like sports night things like that. You, there's a door, you know, like that it, it you memorialized. Yeah. Is that the door from West Wing? It was like, it, like literally it was, I was like, okay. Oh my God. So I, um, I go in. Okay. And he's in the room. Yeah. I'm still a little dumb about Aaron Sorkin. Cause I understand him from West Wing. I get like, but I'm not like, there's a cult of Aaron Sorkin that I'm, Neither, I'm not against, but I'm not like, oh, this is my guy. Yeah, like, I'm not, yeah, yeah. I'm not overly intimidated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I am intimidated. I go in there and I sit in my chair. He goes, I'll read with you. And, oh, no. and, and then pulls his chair up to mine so that our knees no. are touching. Your, your knees oh. were touching. Knee to knee. So that's how close we are. Wow. Now, I am a person who is going to want to look down at those sides, especially you yeah. know, at this point in my career. And now our knees are touching and we are doing this scene together. And I'm nervous, you know, but we got to go. And, and, and he's, but by doing the scene, he's also controlling the pace, yeah. which pushes my pace because I'm a bop, 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 and I'm not going to yeah. go slow, but it, it forces a, a pacing. And then he goes, that's right. That's right. He did it right. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. That was the only feedback I got. I did not get that part, but don't know. But it was the best outcome of mm-hmm. knee to knee. Yeah. yeah. You, you did it right. For. <laughs> you did it yeah. right. You did it right. As yeah. if there is a wrong way yeah. or a right way, I did it right. And at least I felt, and I don't know if he would lie. My hope is, and this is where I don't go too deep in analyzing things I didn't get. My hope is that he didn't lie. Maybe he yeah. did. I would think he, he wouldn't. Next knee to knee is yours. Yes. That's how <laughs> I, I read it. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Let's, let's yeah. go. Yes. And he'll remember too. He'll be like, is that you? That's. Uh, that I knee. feel it. Yeah. That, that so. knee. But I've I been in. I felt that in a long time. It's so time. talented, the one, the left You're one. You're the guy from <laughs> Studio 60. Oh, you uh, that, would sit knee to knee. Yeah. <laughs> That's the character. That would be, yeah. I mean, that idea to get knee to knee with the director and writer uh-huh. was that probably was the most do- like insane like insane or just truly out of the box like audition that I've ever had like there's been mm-hmm. fun weird whatever but like knee to knee I would or even doing a scene knee to knee like I've never yeah. even I don't think I've done a no. scene knee to knee to anyone like like you know it was, yeah. it, it's too close no, that's too much. It's a power move. Yeah. 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 I also think it was a move, and I've seen it I done recently. I was auditioning for a show where they want to yell at the casting director, and that's their way of doing it. Like, because it's like, 
you're not sure. reading my lines the right way. Let me show yeah. you how it's done. Yeah. I just happen to be the guy mm-hmm. that he got upset with because mm-hmm. I was doing an audition and a showrunner said, stop, stop. He's like, Marjorie, bam, 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 bam. Mm-hmm. Hit the lines, hit the lines. And it was like, <laughs> and and oh. then, you know, then I feel like I need the comfort Marjorie yeah. to be like, I, you're doing a great job. He's yeah. like, you're, you're messing Paul up. You're messing, you're not gonna hit the lines. And it's like, now, was he right? Yeah, he was a little right. Like the pacing was yeah. dying. Uh, but, it was like, but I do feel like that might have been what I walked into. Mm-hmm. Aaron going, Aaron, uh, going like, let me let me show you how this needs to be. Yeah, done. yeah. He needed a walk and talk energy. Yes, yes. In a knee to knee. Yeah, and knee that, to knee. Because a, a you know a slow sorkin is not a sorkin. No, 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 <laughs> no. Now, Paul. You were talking about what? Are, are, can you talk about the thing you were working that you've been working on? I know. I think it's you've talked about it. It's an, it was announced. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. So, um, which Yvonne yeah. will be excited to hear this. Yes. So, uh, I I am working right now, or hopefully will be working uh, on this. It's a show with Marta Kaufman, who uh, you know created uh, co-created Friends. Her and uh, her daughter. Hannah uh, Cantor have created a show starring my wife and I um, that is completely improvised. It's an improvised multicam. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was one of the most thrilling things that I've done. We actually, we have already done it and now we're at a different place with it, but I maybe not, I maybe can't talk about, it. but okay. I will say this. It was the best because I always find like I'm a big improviser and I came up that way and I love improv, but it, I think it makes a hard transition to a medium that's not theater, you know, and then sometimes you have the game based stuff like whose line. Great. Fine. That's a a very small thing. I did the league for seven years. That was improvised, but that's also like curb improvised. Like it, we're shooting it, but there's a thing where it bridged the gap between the two where you're like, Oh, it's kind of like a single cam. It's kind of like a multi-cam. You're working off the audience. We get to talk to the audience to get like some, ideas for like what would inspire the actual show mm-hmm. and we got to work with all these amazing people and it was the best and it i think the thing that i learned with marta is she's so smart and she also will if you never questioned her about it you would never uh know that she has not only created friends and grace and frankie two shows that have ran for you know like she's you know just created two gigantic successful shows because she never talks about it but she but what i think you get from her is like the little ideas of what she brings her because she's not from an improv background her and hannah aren't from an improv background but they but they really focus on characters over jokes and that was something that i feel like is so often missed. I think sometimes in improv, like you, people just lean into like saying the funniest thing mm-hmm. and then hoping that that rides it over. And I think that Marta, you can really see that mm-hmm. she builds out of uh, character stuff, which is awesome. So we'll wait to see what happens with that. Yeah. But the other, I was alluding oh, sorry. to something different. Oh, that's was, so incredible. I was alluding oh, sorry. to, you have a, <laughs> you have a, Oh, oh, a book? A book. Oh, yes. Ooh. A memoir. Oh, Sorry, I'm I... writing a memoir, too. Oh, you are? Really? Well, my pen is down, but... You yeah. can write it. You can write your memoir. memoir this, yes. Unless you sold your memoir no, no, to I'm... Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm in a... Pro- oh, I'm that's in exciting. I'm in the process of doing that, which has been 
again, another super thrilling thing. I, I don't know how far you've gotten into it, but uh, I had, I didn't even know if, what I wanted to do, but I've been telling some stories and I thought to myself, that would be fun to kind of write this down. I kind, kind of see if I could do it. So I know a lot of people have sold books or go and make books by saying like, just I have an idea for something like let's go sell it. And I said I wanted to write. So I spent about six months just writing a bunch of different stories. And then I brought that to an agent. And then uh, the agent helped me like kind of pick the pieces that he felt was going to be grid. And then we were able to sell it. And uh, but I went into the process. I sold my book with about 100 pages written, which I yeah. felt was a good yeah. like 100 Microsoft Word pages. I don't know what that. It's that, there's a, a word count. That's but. pretty. It's usually the first fifty, so hundreds. Like uh, they would get what you're doing, and yeah, yeah get I didn't really want excited. I didn't want to feel like I was, I, like oh, this is not what we wanted from you. Like they mm-hmm. know, like everyone who knew, they know what they want, and that yeah. But it's been fun. I will say that you know, you and I've talked about it, and I imagine this is something that you like as you are thinking. How far in it are you? I have a lot of source material because I kept a journal since I was 14. So I have like 400 pages of that I'm sifting through. And it'll be part journal and commenting on on that. See, I have had some journals that that I've threatened in my my pitch document that I'm like, oh, I'll open that up. Like I kept a Mm -hmm. journal after a really bad breakup. I don't even know if I can look at that journal. But I'm like, (laughs) there's something about it where I was like, well, I would maybe open myself up to this journal of just utter Mm -hmm. despair. And this is an adult I'm an adult here when I'm breaking up with this person. You know, I'm like in my young 20s. And yeah. but there's a part of me that ha- like I've I've dangled it, no one's bitten at it. So I'm like, all right, maybe I don't have to go in that. But think but looking back, has that been a wild experience to see? It's truly crazy. Like um I've kept my journal on my laptop my entire almost more oh. than half my life. And oh, so wow. I can global search like anger and it'll be mm-hmm. like 2,700 instances. <laughs> Yeah. Like wow. I can yeah. like look up people, characters. I I recorded dates. I mean, my memoir is I loose. Your diary. I hate it's... Madeline so much. <laughs> no, Today there's so much love my for my sisters dog and the doggies and, and all that. But other people. Yeah, <laughs> everybody <laughs> else. Well, that's amazing because I'm like, there's a part of me that when I'm telling these stories or writing these stories, like, there's a part of me that feels guilty because I know that they have happened, right? Because I'm not I'm not making them up. But I do have this like Rashomon thing. I'm like, is this really the way it happened or is this the way I remember it happening? And I've, I've justified it by saying, it's just the way I remember it happening. There's no other way I can, like, I, there is no proof. There is like, I know, like, this is the way that I remember this mm-hmm. part of my life. I don't have to, do more than that. I, but I think I've, I've felt a tremendous guilt of portraying certain people. And I try very hard not to go outside of, I wouldn't say what I think about you, like if you are somebody in my life, what I think about you, but I would say how you interacted with me in this moment. Yeah. And I kind of keep it at that level because I'm like, I'm not trying to go out and be like that. This within this sphere, that's how I experience this person in this moment and mm-hmm. not as a global Thing. Yeah. Well, Tom would have made the diary. Yes, really. I think yeah. Because book, I made half that stuff. No, I'm saying when <laughs> when I met you, the you were so yeah. kind. 
Like I, it was just, I, really the, was. I would always like, if I met people who were kind or something, they make the diary and I try to describe them novelistically. And See, so I'm I want to sure. remember and, and look back on that fondly. Sure. I love that you do that. And I, I was told when I did a movie with Nick Cage that I should keep a, a journal. And I did. Mm -hmm. I went home every night and kept a journal. And it was, was the smartest thing I've ever done because it's like, oh, the story is fresh. The moment is fresh. And there are certain things that just just go to the top and some things that just go to the bottom. And it's like, I want to I wanna have a better way of keeping a future journal. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, And maybe that's the way to do it. Just get on that computer and just... Give me like a little bit. Yeah. Now I'm being told this is we were we have the fir the same opening the same first credit, Paul, that you and I. Uh huh. What is it? This is this is from, from Saigon the, Suicide this Squad? This is from the UCB television series uh, on Comedy Central. Um, they shot Saigon Suicide Squad, which is one of their shows. It was a great yeah. stage show that they yes. brought and they translated which to. They did a, the, an episode of the series, yeah. which I saw that show live so many times. Me too. It, it was just, a great show. Yeah. And then we were both in the same audience and I, for the taping of for the, the taping so they basically brought us to this theater up in Harlem mm -hmm. and we were there for many hours forever and yeah. it, for just a couple of real just reaction shots but they yeah. but the one thing about UCB was they were never afraid to call in hundreds of extras uh for yeah. you know far background near yeah. back uh, yes. and everyone was getting paid nothing or yeah, yeah it was it, it was get, exciting it was for exciting. me it was so exciting it i was, was thrilled to be it a was part great. of it was great I remember yes. the weirdest moment of that, um, which is I was hanging out with my friend Aaron Bergeron, uh, a, a talented writer, and uh, is doing a bunch of different stuff. But we were sitting next to a security guard. It was very late at night, and it may have been like two nights. I don't. Maybe it was two nights. And there was this this older security guard, and we're sitting watching over his shoulder, watching TGI Friday, and it was uh, Boy Meets World, and he was like. <laughs> Topanga, what will she get up to next? <laughs> and he said it so, like, oh like, uh, like, like, yeah. it, it was just to see an older man yeah. lament about Topanga was still to me one of the funniest things. Like, it wasn't for our benefit, no. it was just like as real as it gets, just as real as it gets. A man without a, I don't know if he has a family. I'm assuming he's watching it primarily without a family if he's there, yeah. you know, or he, or he was like, I do watch it with my, my family and I have to watch it to make sure I'm up for Saturday morning conversation. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Caller. Uh, we have a couple calls. People have been holding on very politely. Best show. Hello. Are you here? Hello. Hi. I'm here. This is Tim in Oakland. Tim in Oakland. How are you, Tim? You're here with Tom. I'm good. Yeah. How are you? You're with Paul and Yvonne and everybody else listening to the show. You're here with all of us. What's going on tonight, Tim? Uh, well, I have a celebrity encounter story. A celebrity encounter. Okay. Is it a positive one or a negative one? Oh, it was positive. Um, okay. I was on an Amtrak train in 2012 riding from Portland to the Bay Area. Okay. And at the time, um, I don't know if they've changed this. They had... The dining car, if you ate in the dining car, you would be put at a table with uh, mm -hmm. potentially three other random people if you yes. were alone. Um, and I was alone. So um, I had a couple interesting meals, but the one with the celebrity was Norma Fraser, uh, the reggae singer. 
Okay. Um, she was uh, on tour, and uh, like me at the time, she didn't want to fly, uh, so she was taking the train. Um, she was performing with the Scatolites, uh, and like I had not heard of her music. I'm not a reggae person, really. Still, I'm not sure. We so, had a really interesting conversation. But you shared a table. With we shared phrasing. a table, yeah, and had uh, lunch or dinner. I, together, I Tim, I once took Amtrak from Los Angeles to New Jersey. It was three days on the train. It's one of the best things I've ever done. You go from Los Angeles to Chicago. Same. Okay. Me too. I do that too. Um, <laughs> you switch in Chicago. You take Chicago to D.C. And then you take D.C. up to. Same. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and sitting in the dining car, all these people talked about was how much they hate flying. It's like the it's like the cult of Amtrak where they're just like one guy was like sitting in the dining car because they do like Tim's right. They seat you with whoever, whatever straggler you're with. You're now sharing a table with them. Eating your food like, like, um, like, and um, this one guy starts saying to me, he goes, "I hate flying on these planes so much." He goes, "You got to get your suitcases checked and all this stuff." He goes, "Amtrak, you just roll your bag right on this thing." He goes, "I could have a warhead in my suitcase and they wouldn't know." And I was just like, I was like, "Awesome, that's." Great to hear you <laughs> could have a nuclear device on this Amtrak train. And you're like, they wouldn't even know if I had that. Like that, but it is like all they talk about is how much they hate flying and how superior and more uh, sophisticated and, and elegant uh, train travel is. And it is. It's nice. You sleep on that train. Right, Tim? You did. Too. You said same, so you did it. You sleep in. I this, did. Did you have a sleep, uh, or did I you have a room at? Did you have a car. room at? You had a room. Yeah. You get in that thing. Um, that's how you get to do the dining room, and I've said that exact same thing about the luggage, but I didn't say the part about the nuclear warhead. Sure. Well, um, um, everyone appreciates you not saying you could have brought a warhead on this plane. I know that um, the the uh, head writers of Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. That's how they would prepare for every season. They would take all the scripts, okay. and then get on a train uh, trip from LA to Chicago, okay. and then same. and then same and then uh, and then fly back from Chicago. But they would, but they would take those three days to just make it a giant writers' room, <laughs> mm-hmm. like just a, a punch up, yeah. like a we're all going to take a pass, we're all going to work yeah. on this, like we're like it's mm-hmm. a a work vacation Very, on a train. It's great because. First of all, these things go through areas. It's going through the middle of nowhere. You're going through like Colorado and you look out the window and you see like a car from the 50s burned out in the middle. Like you're seeing like true like. Yeah. Because like, they're not going to run these trains right through cities no, necessarily. You get, yeah. They're going through the middle of nowhere. And you see just like, oh, people died out here. This is where it would have been like if uh, killing mommy too. <laughs> yeah. My, my track time. My dad just took a uh, uh-uh. uh, a sleeper car from Seattle uh, down to L.A. to come visit me, 
And uh, at one point, the train stopped, and they said, oh, we have a drifter. We might have hit a drifter. And then the oh person God. on Amtrak said, oh, we get this a lot. As if mm-hmm. they're constantly just running over drifters. Running over drifters. With, but the, <laughs> like members of the drifters? The, the, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be a true horror show. Tim, thank you for the call. You're welcome. Bye-bye. You too. I wanted to hang up and clip that thing. I didn't get it. There's nothing better than when I hang up and they go, hey, thanks for the, the Yeah, best. hanging up best. on people still fun. Yeah, one other call here. Somebody's been on hold for a long time. Best show, hello. Tom. Oh, I know who this is. This How is, are you? This is Jeff Fierzig. He's a director. Mm. Very successful director. Of documentaries, though. The Devil and Daniel Johnston. <gasps> he just directed that. Well, hello. Oh, excuse me. Hi. <laughs> Suddenly it's like the guy who I met on the internet, too. <laughs> back on the internet. I'll burn this whole place down. Yeah. With, you, With inside you inside it. That's the one of the greatest lines I've ever heard, Yvonne. <laughs> Jeff also did a movie called Author, the... JT oh, yeah. Leroy story, which is a, a so amazing. amazing documentary. Did you see it? No, but that story. Oh, the J- JT Leroy is an yeah. amazing story. Well, yeah. Jeff, yeah, Jeff got to the bottom of it and then some. Is that fair to say, Jeff? Fair to say. Fair, fair to say. say. Now, what to what to what do we owe the pleasure of this call tonight, Jeff? Well, you know how it is. The topic. Sometimes the topic. Gets me. I get. I get that yeah. email blast in the morning. I'm like, uh oh. You know I got you're one in. For this you know you're celebrity in. Celebrity encounters. Yeah. I'm like a sleeper cell. When, it, when the topic <laughs> hits me, I got a call. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're activated. Yes. All right. Yeah. He's bringing in right, a well, nuclear warhead in his brain. Are... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't. Remember, I don't remember, remember exactly what the last one was. It might have been Little Steven or something like that. Yeah. But anyway. You and I have a mutual friend, right? Damon Chesse. Yes. He's king of what we like to call the brush. The brush with greatness. Yes. This is a guy who annihilates anyone with his brush stories. Mm -hmm. He doesn't just bump into a celebrity. Let me give you an example. Damon's on this. This is a true story, by the way. Damon's on the Staten Island Ferry. And he's sitting across from some guy. And he squints his eyes. He's bewildered. He thinks he recognizes this guy. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, nah, it can't be. It can't possibly be. He gets up. He walks across the deck of the boat. Clears his throat. Very polite. Excuse me. You're Dwayne Quirico, the drummer of the Bobby Fuller Four, aren't you? Guys, oh, my you know, God. Love a Texas accent. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, I am. Damon busts out um, Letter Dance and sings it to him, complete with the exact air drum rolls mm-hmm. on the Staten Island Ferry. Now, now, Damon and you, I have to admit, are much better singers than me. Uh-huh. I'll give it a shot. Okay. <laughs> well, let her dance with him all night long. Let her dance to our favorite song. Well, let her dance with him. Let her dance all night long. And this is on the Staten Island now, Ferry, the, mind the, you. Staten Island Ferry. True. Yeah. Who, who on the planet Earth is going to recognize this drummer from the, the Bobby drummer Fuller from Ford? the Bobby Fuller Four? 
unbelievable. Right. Damon Dwayne Quirico. Yeah. So, right. uh huh. Now, Dwayne is beyond honored because that's the key to a great brush, right? Mm. It takes yes. a guy who never gets recognized mm. and make him feel like, wow, my life was absolutely important. That's what Damon's able to do. And he's like mm. a magnet for these things. He has a lot of these stories, and they're all unbelievable. Anyway, Damon, uh, you know, they end up hanging out all night long, just like the song. And they become mm-hmm. like pals. Amazing. <laughs> True story. Now, I've got what I like to believe are some pretty quality brushes. Okay. But this is my one brush where I, where I feel I can almost go head to head with the master of the brush, Damon Chesse. Okay, here okay. we go. True story. April 2004. All right, I'm booked in Toronto. And I'm going to direct some improv cheese commercials, very Guffman inspired. All right? Okay. Yeah. And this is actually, keep, this is keeping me alive while I'm making the telephone day of Johnson because it doesn't come out for like another year, right? Yeah. Anyway, I get to LaGuardia and I hit the airport bookstore. I need some light reading for the plane. And I see, boom, walk this way. The autobiography of Aerosmith, co-written by the author of Hammer of the Gods, by the way. Yes. I'm like, perfect. I plow through this book on the flight, and it, I got to tell you, it's great. Did you read this book? That's a good book, yeah. That's the oral history? No, it's fantastic. Yeah, the oral history is yeah. incredible. Yes. Steven Tyler's coming of age, how he worked them harder than Buddy Rich in this cavernous, empty theater in Boston in the dead of winter with no heat. Mm-hmm. You know, they're freezing their asses off in this book, and he's teaching Joey Kramer how to swing and played just behind the beat like Charlie Watts. Mm-hmm. Because Tyler, of course, was a drummer, right? Yeah. Anyway, he's working these guys so hard. Like, Kramer's hands are, like, bleeding. And Perry and Whitford, they're, like, getting frostbite on their fingertips, playing with these, like, little, you know, like, happy gloves. Mm-hmm. And Tyler is making these guys great. And in the book, they resent him to this day. It's absolutely hilarious. I love it. Anyway, so my plane lands. I'm in Toronto. I go straight to the auditions. Yeah. Knock these out all day long. I am zonked. Yeah. The cab takes me to my hotel. I get out totally bleary. I'm brain dead. And the hotel is this brand new, fancy, modernist, all glass structure. It's like, it's like I am pie designed it or something. It's like, I'm like, uh, whatever. Everything in Toronto at this point is like sprouting. It's all new. Everything's glass, glass, mm-hmm. glass. Anyway, so I'm schlepping my luggage with the hotel's revolving glass door. It's like, you know, Macy's or something. The glass is just spinning those doors, right? And as I approach through the blur of the rotating glass, I feel like I recognize a guy coming straight at me. And I walk through the doors and bang, I bump straight into the guy. I look him up and down and in a split second, I say just one word. I say, Rico. And he looks at me like, do I know you? Mm-hmm. I say, I was so moved learning how as a little boy, you grew up under your dad's piano. That was dream on. That was so beautiful. I just read it in the book in the, on the plane, like a couple hours before this. He yeah. I'm like, we bang heads. Yeah. Now yeah. I say, hey, Jeff Fierzig, director. I'm here in town doing some commercials. Nice to meet you. And in the background, skulking around the lobby, 
rolled on the couch, walking around. There's Brad Whitford, Joe Perry, Joey Kramer, and Tom Hamilton, right? The whole line They're all line clearly waiting for their limo to head to rehearsal. The yeah. whole Aerosmith there. Yes. I say, I say, what are you doing in town? Tyler says, we're playing Saturday night in Hamilton, Ontario, he says to me. I say, perfect. I'm not shooting until Monday. I'd love to go. I basically invite myself, right? Okay. Tyler snaps his finger. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, this, and this guy runs over. He says, give him two VIP tickets. <laughs> uh-huh. And me and my pal Anthony from the ad agency, we drive to Hamilton, Ontario, yeah. and we experience the honking on Bobo tour. <laughs> and of course, that's a true. That's true. Oh, I, 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 I knew believe Tom you, Hamilton was going to do this. <laughs> I knew he was going to do it. He delivered, you know, the perfect Hamilton, Ontario joke. Yeah. Stage. Uh huh. Yeah. Jeff. A lot of big lighters that night. A lot of uh, honking on power ballads. It was a good night for fans of Aerosmith. And this is like that show in conversation form. Yes. We just experienced the honking on Bobo tour through you. (laughs) I feel like we were all there that night in Hamilton, Ontario now. Now that is. I felt the glass door. Yeah, yeah. Really hard. Tyler Rico. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you dropped it on him. Tyler Rico. Yeah. Tyler Rico. Tyler Rico. Jeff. I'll say this. <laughs> anyway. There's only one. If I'll say this, if you're out and about, and you have the privilege of running into Jeff Fierzig, that's the ultimate brush right there. Oh, oh wow! You that run was into good. him at a. Nice Thai restaurant or maybe a nice pizza. First of all, you know, if Jeff's there, you're eating the best food. This guy knows the best food in Los Angeles. <laughs> he's not. He's not eating trash. You go with it's Jeff. Not trash flow. Not trash. Trash flow. Thank you. By all means, let's make sure we talk about things nobody knows what you're talking about. <laughs> Ken Katkin. Babylon Dance Band. What is it going to put Babylon Dance Band next? <laughs> Right. And that was when yeah. I met someone from Tin Pan Alley. <laughs> All right. We got to put as many like dog whistle things into this, you know? Yes. No, it's, but it's good dog whistles. <laughs> um, yeah. Jeff, yeah. you're the best. I love you. I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Tom. Okay. The West, the West is the best. The West, the West is, the, is the best. Thank you, Jeff. Now that was uh, the brush. The brush. Um, Couple things I want to say because we got to wrap up. Uh, so, what is twenty twenty three like for an Yvonne Zima? Yvonne Zima. It's a it's a lot of for Yvonne or Yvonne. Yvonne is Yvonne. great. Okay. Yeah, um, it's a uh, a lot of unknown, and then I'm just working on my memoir, and we'll see how the writer strike goes because mm-hmm. it, it's a work stoppage mm-hmm. on that end. You're gonna be out there with your sign. I I did um, make a date with a group of uh, WGA people that we were we were all mentored by the last president David A Goodman. Oh yeah, sure. And so we we all said let's get together and do it one day, but certainly not the first day. Whew, it was yeah. Yeah, to me it feels like I'm I, I'm going out tomorrow mm-hmm. because I feel like I must. But I I'm like part of me is like let me save up this energy for week three. 
Yeah. Because yes. it's like today today is the fun day. The t-shirts are going out. This is Dave Leno's day. showing up with donuts. They're it's dancing like, around. Yeah. Dancing. I just, here's my advice. Having been through a writer strike once before, here's my advice to writers on the picket line. Mm-hmm. Number one, pace yourself. Yeah. It's going to take more than one day. Don't go out there and get all sunburned. Next thing you're in the emergency yeah. room because you, you went too hard the first day. It's about consistency. That's my first piece of advice. Sun, you have sunscreen, of course. Don't slouch. It's another piece of advice. Just don't like you're representing yeah. the. You need to convey strength and determination. Don't have your shoulders front forward. Just like stand tall, stand mm-hmm. proud. You're in the WGA for Christ's sake. Walk the walk. Dress comf- comfortable shoes. You don't want to get a plantar fasciitis no. from this, right? No. When it comes to the signs, a little bit goes a long way in terms of the funny. Yeah, come on. A little bit goes a long way in terms so of the So many people are out there pushing it a little bit. If I see signs making jokes about, you know, I don't know what it would be. Like, I don't want to see jokes about like like the Tiger King and whatever, like Groupon or whatever people are making jokes about, right? Or just yeah. like this place mm-hmm. is worse than the lines of the pinks, yeah, and a right. hot dog, you know, whatever. Like the only line I stand on is outside the entire fun and the, the writer's guild. Well, it's also who is that sign for? That's it. Thank you. You know, it's like the only person that's really going to get an up close and personal look yeah. at that sign is a when you're posted on your social yeah. media. But yeah. really, just the person who's behind you. Yeah. No one drive. Everyone driving by sees a big red. That's it. Hong yeah. Kong, just go. Just realize, just don't be corny. Is I guess what I'm trying to say. Act like you've been here before. Go easy on the jokes on the sign. Make your point. You're not going to get a job. Hey, what did you write that sign? Yeah. <laughs> Well, look, no. I know there's a strike right now. I can't hire anybody, of course. But I like that but, sign. Uh, I like that sign. Well, you, uh, you, you think you could do some punch up on a thing? It's like you're not. That's not happening to anybody. Well, by this the way, is I, a great idea. I, I, you <laughs> know, I saw. Now, I'm going the wrong I'm way like, with it. Wait a second. I saw like, somebody zag. Somebody <laughs> zigging, pitching an idea today that they want to do um, signs with blue tape on it, mm-hmm. looking for a man. Signs of pink tape on it. You're looking for a woman. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then signs of yellow tape on it. You're open to all options. Like they wanted to make it also like a, a dating okay. thing on wow. the line. So they Thank put one you. strip of tape on there. Paul, I appreciate you bringing that up because it brings me to my final point. Twenty-seven, two twenty-seven, two thousand seven. Forgot two two zeros in there. Um, we go into Thirty Rock first day of the strike. We're out there. Everybody's there. Just this one, that one. Look over. There's a guy with a drum set. Drums and stuff. Somebody else is like dancing all over. And I was just like, oh, we're going to lose this strike. We lost on day one. If we got a guy with a drum set and somebody else dancing, like we're already off message here. (laughs) Worried about entertaining ourselves. Yeah. Leave the drums at home. I'm telling you right now, if I go, if I'm on the picket line and you've got a drum set or you've got an instrument or anything, 
It's going in the road. I have one exception. What if it's Matthew McConaughey and his bongo? Ooh. As long as he's naked. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only way Matthew McConaughey can show up when he got arrested with the bongos. He was he was not wearing anything. If Matthew McConaughey wants to show up in solidarity, nude, with his bongos, that's the only exception. Well, now let me ask you this. Yeah. There's, well, there's two things I want to maybe add to it or ask your advice because I might be too embarrassed to ask this. And, uh, sure. I think if you're not currently working for a company, mm-hmm. you know, you're not employed by one of these big agencies, but you are a writer and you – uh, you should be picketing in front of the place that rejects your pitches the most. I think that that's <laughs> yeah. I, think that I thought that was a that's, good way to go. Yeah. And the other thing is this. Remember, the people who work inside these buildings, 99.5% of them have no say in whether or not you get paid or anything. Mm-hmm. These people do not deserve to be yelled at or screamed at or anything like that. They are just they are, they are just you but they are working inside. And I, and I mm-hmm. think like, you know, yeah. it's like if you see, uh, you know, one of these CEOs pulling up, go yeah. ahead, go make your voice known. If you're at a Nick game, you want yeah. to take out your sign in front of Zaz off you, then go for it. Yeah. But, but I always feel like I, I watched some stuff in that 2007 strike. We're yeah. yelling at these executives. like, yeah. they, they, they don't, they have no say in your pay. Yeah. They have no, they, they want you to be happy. They want you to, they want to give you everything you want. No one. And, and yeah. by the way, they don't have job security. They're looking yeah. every I, six months, you know. I get what you're saying, but we need to instill fear in these losers. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. One's worse than the next with these executives. Scare them. You say, I see you. You know what? If I'm I, ever pitching anything, I'm gonna smash a can of Lacroix over your head. See now, what I would like to do? <laughs> coconut too, not even a good flavor. That see, yeah. I key lime. I want to take the strike out of the buildings, and I want to put it in where people are going to lunch. I want yeah. to put it near the valets. Yeah. I want to put it where you're actually going to be inconvenienced. Because the truth is, like, sure, like the people this. downstairs in front of your yeah. building, yeah, 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 but your windows are going to be insulated. Let's get you in front of the, the hot restaurants, yeah. the cool places. Like, we don't need to be in front. Let's take it to this them. Is, let's We're going. go at San Vicente Bungalows. Yes. Right in front where everybody is. Paquito Moss. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're going to the Burbank Paquito Moss tomorrow. Let's start boycotting Picketing. in... Uh, like that private airport outside of the Burbank yeah. airport. Let's let's, let's yeah. get into the places where real the real money is. Let's mm-hmm. go to like let's walk around the the country clubs. The let's palm. Get we'll yes, go to the palm. Yes, mm-hmm. that's where I think we need to take it because that's where we're going to see it. Because ultimately, there's a lot of people in those buildings uh, that it's it's not even falling on deaf ears. I understand what you're yeah. saying. Scare them all, but let's inconvenience people. At their core. Like, let's get them out there. Like, let's make them have to wait 40 minutes for their car at the valet. And then also, if you're at a valet, you can do this also. If if you see that there's an executive behind you, make like you're on a phone call and start saying, yeah, did you hear there's a... There's somebody either beating that crap out of executives from these things. Just talk as if you don't even know they're an executive. Just go like, they're saying if this thing isn't settled, they're going to beat the crap out of an of, of one of these uh, studio people a day until they make their point. Like, By the way, if that happened, the fear you think, in them. <laughs> do you think that would be like if, if someone like 
if if that happened to like yeah. a big executive, I won't even say it, but like like maybe you know you went out somewhere and someone just took a punch, like just punched him in the face. Not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying no, no, nobody's uh, punching anybody. That's the thing we want to make it clear. No one's, yeah. no one's nobody's doing this. Nobody's punching anybody. But would that like yeah? But it is. It would be save a, that for your show. If you want to promote I, violence, I'm not, I'm not, on, no, no violence, no violence. I'm just saying. But look, I'm gonna say we've struck a million times. And no one's gotten punched in the face. No, that's mm-hmm. true. That is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Till now. So, yeah, <laughs> until now. Um, just outside of Paquito Moss. If you're at Paquito Moss and you see some executive behind you, you just go like, yeah, I heard these. I heard they just beat the crap out of someone over at Sony. Ooh. They, and it's just like, and then I heard they're focusing on, like, and you just say, like, they're, yeah. they're heading towards Warner's next. And they're just like, I'm at Warner's. <laughs> oh, but boss, we better really settle this thing. They're, they're, they're taking it out on us. See, I actually, uh, tomorrow I'm going to be picketing um, on set where they're shooting Shark Week. So we're going to be underwater. We are all in. Sure, yeah. We're mm-hmm. all out mm-hmm. there and we'll be we'll be underwater with our yeah. signs. Where are the fins? Yeah, we'll get the fins and we're, yeah. so they, they can't avoid, the cameras can't yeah. avoid us when we're out with those sharks. Yeah. Just put on the side of the shark. WGA. <laughs> Like you did in uh, Killing Mommy, your dad crossed out yeah, dad on the car. Yeah, I did some bad graffiti. <laughs> ruined a rental dad. car. Yeah. What if it's? What if we start telling people? I heard the two sisters from Killing Mommy are coming to L.A. Oh, you mean you want this strike to actually be victor- vic- a victory? They're Is attacking that what's going executives. On? The two sisters from Killing Mommy. And we're not sure which one's the good one either. <laughs> exactly. You think the punk the, the one is the one. good one? It's a wig. That's. I think she's... it was a wig. Yeah. I think that was Julianne, not. If you could pull off a wig switch every turn, uh-huh. so like as you do that, like you know, you're walking and you have that little that little turn to get walking the other way. If you could get that wig switch going, people would be like, yeah. "Oh my god, I think there's also, two of them." Also, if yeah. yeah, you could do that with picketers too. Mm-hmm. More, it looks like there's more of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So many disguises. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So Yvonne, you're working on. Your memoir and you're waiting for this to end. Paul, what is 2023 for you? Well, obviously right now we're in the middle of strike. So there's a lot of question marks. The in middle? The we're already in the middle? Middle. That's it. <laughs> what if it's that's well, it's tomorrow? A, three yeah, or four-day that, <laughs> strike. strike. Yeah. That would be amazing. Uh, a four-day strike, unheard yeah. of. Uh, no, but- <laughs> uh, I have no idea what will what will come. Um, but uh, right now I'm just enjoying – yeah, I've got things that are – in various states of development, uh, at but, least four. Uh, at least four got like things. Five. Yeah, I got five. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, I'll say that. Well, I got six. I got I mean, eight, eight, eight things. I mean, yeah. the, the yeah. majority of these things are happening on the train to Chicago. Uh, no, I mean, I'm trying to think of anything fun uh, coming up. Not that I could think of. No. So there you go. I have podcasts. You can listen to me on these podcasts. I'm yes. also, as with you, on Twitch with my friend yes. Rob Hubel, and mm-hmm. uh, this Thursday. Uh, the George Lucas talk show has taken up uh, – they are a tenant on Friend Zone, uh, yes. a non-paying tenant on Friend Zone, and they will be doing May the 4th uh, Be With You Amazing. on uh, my channel on twitch.tv uh, slash Friend Zone. They'll be broadcasting for many hours celebrating everything uh, Star Wars related with Michael Giacchino and I believe somebody else. That's very yeah. cool. It'll be a lot of fun. Well, Paul – I appreciate you coming. I'm so early on. You're so glad you got to finally come. And I be love. Here I, I've been watching all the clips and and yes. everything. And I uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a yeah. fan. And Yvonne, thank you for coming. So nice to have you. Please, you come anytime you. Tom, want. I so enjoyed my my 
film festival. It was like <laughs> was a, a really, really cool. film festival. Yes, it won't be that next time. I yeah, think. yeah. Will it? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> and um, yeah, we'll be back next week. We got a great show for you next week. We have. Well, don't say it like that. Don't say it like as if. No, well, we like got this stuck, one out yeah, of the way, yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. We alternate between. Why are we good... there next week? Yeah, yeah. We're right. exactly. What's going on? Uh, we play? Come, if you want to come back next week, we got more Killing Mommy clips. <laughs> um, no, next week we're going to have Fen Lily is in studio performing. And then another person, Kurt Vile will be in studio. Whoa, that is a good yes. next week. It is. Well, come by and you can be a part of it. <laughs> and then also our friend Jason Gore. Jason, are you there? You skipped out. I'm here. No, 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 no. It's not. Not. There's a lot of buttons to press. <laughs> Just want to okay. say. Wow, Mike, you were fast. On that. Yeah, Mike's fast. Mike's fast. <laughs> That's Jason shocking. just, he does a thing called 108.9 The Hawk, which Paul has appeared on. Yes, and, uh, it's really fun. They just started a Patreon, so you can go check that out also. Only after you do the best show, Patreon. Yes. If I find anybody's just doing the Hawk one, you're out. <laughs> wow. And Sleep I, with I have the means. fishes. I have means. Exactly. Thank mm-hmm. you, Yvonne. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week. Everybody on strike. See you on the picket line. Everybody stay strong. And it, it we can you can have fun getting through this if everybody does <laughs> it together. It really can. It can actually be a, a very bonding, supportive thing. So yeah. we're all going to have fun with it and get through it. And... Uh, Take your time. Last track was 100 days. Take yeah, your time. Yeah, in a nonviolent way. In a nonviolent way. But yes, thank you. I appreciate you qualifying yeah. it. So we will be back next week and let's listen to On the Way Out. Doot, doot, doot. Where did it go? I'll play this on the way out. We'll play. Some Gordon Lightfoot. Some oh, Gordon Lightfoot. Yes. Here we go. Gordon Lightfoot. The Best Show is produced in partnership with the Forever Dog Podcast Network. The show is hosted by Tom Sharpling and features John Worcester, Michael Lisk, Jason Gore, and Pat Byrne. The show is produced and written by Jason Gore, Pat Byrne, Michael Lisk, Brett Davis, John Worcester, and Tom Sharpling. The Best Show is executive produced by Tom Sharpling, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Co-executive produced by Jason Gore and Pat Byrne, segment producer Michael Lisk. The show is engineered and mastered by Andrew Gleason and Wesley Knapp. Graphic design, video editing, and social media by Brett Davis. Website and technical support by Martine Sellis. And the show is recorded at Forever Dog Studios in Los Angeles. Support The Best Show on Patreon over at patreon.com slash thebestshow. And follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Best Show for Life. That's Best Show number four, Life. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.